My name is Paul, and I'm a comic book geek. My name is Hugh, and I'm an all-purpose geek. My name is Corbs, and I'm a sports geek. My name is Jack, I'm a history geek. This is GeekPod. Pod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. All right. Before we go any further, I just need to say something. It's not often in life that you're afforded the opportunity to actually meet one of the people that has influenced, helped shape the way you do things, or more specifically, how you perform. I have that privilege today. We're sitting down with a gentleman who I've comedically borrowed from, uh, a man I enjoy listening to daily and respect immensely. Ladies and gentlemen of the Legion, Please welcome to the table, host of the show on K Rock, Mr. Josh Grossman. This is a this is that's quite the build up to me, Paul. I'm not that special. You are to me, man. I'm, uh, <laughs> Only I'm, because I fixed your equipment. That's well, why. there's that too. Yeah. 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 Really. Yeah. My, my what's got me geeked has totally changed. Right. Well, our <laughs> shit works. <now>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You may notice things sound a little bit differently today, and I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I got in here today. And I'd been listening to GeekPod, and I just assumed your setup was like a, like a lot of these guys who do podcasts will do like a snowball mic in the middle of the room and they'll talk around it. I go, that must be their setup. That's fine. Um, but you guys have a nice setup in here. And I go, why does it not sound right? And you guys have apparently been just speaking around a laptop. Unknowing to you, unknowingly to you, you have not had these on at all. You've been setting them up for show, and they haven't been working. But now, I think we've got them working. It's amazing. And uh, should, should we break the news now? We are firing our original tech guy. Yeah. So there will also be a new host of the show next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's roll right into it because, you know, I kind of want to gloss over my shortcomings. I have of course of you home. do. Well, you know, that, that's how you make marriage work, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just look over and he's working the board. This is perfect. Uh, yeah, and was, I'm okay with this. I was keeping I was keeping an eye on your levels. That's all. <laughs> Maybe you should turn the laptop a little more right. towards him. Just to give, give him the whole. Yeah, control. I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to take over your show, but you I'm always guys okay always say what what do you geek out about? I'm sure there's a segment coming up about. I geek out about audio and podcasts. It's my favorite thing. So this is a perfect segment because I'm watching your levels and I'm watching the mics and it's this is what I geek out about. This is all I love. That's awesome. I gotta ask. You said you listened to the show. What mm-hmm. episodes? did you I just listen? listened to the last episode where, uh, what was it? You had you'd been doing a couple cons and you hadn't done like an actual okay. setup for a while. That was just the most recent. I just episode. wanted to make sure it wasn't the Valentine's Day show. Oh, uh, yeah. What happened on that show? Oh, no, do we even want to talk about it live? No, okay, um, no, we keep, yeah, probably not. We'll, we'll tell you after. It's, a, right. it's a much better story off mic. <laughs> yeah, it is. yeah, it is. Don't let us forget. So now, since Josh has rolled us into it, what's got you geeked? Well, other than the fact that this stuff is actually working now, after all the money that's been uh, dumped into it, 
Um, what has me geeked uh, this past week was E3, and we're going to talk about some other stuff uh, later in the show. But there were two things that I was excited about, um, more so than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all being uh, the reveal of Injustice 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know what that is, uh, Injustice Gods Among Us was a uh, video game kind of set in an alternate reality where Superman's bad and all the... DC comic books, superheroes, and villains fight. It was a good game. It mm-hmm. was uh, made by the same guys, uh, NetherRealm, that makes Mortal Kombat. Uh, very similar gameplay to the current Mortal Kombat games. It was a fun game. Interestingly enough, I'd purchased it years ago for my Xbox when it first came. Well, when it first, they got their first discount, I think, but uh, never got around to playing more than, you know, like the first 20, 30 minutes of it. Uh, picked it up on PlayStation uh, Plus last week, a uh, week ago, two weeks ago, for $5. The edition with all the characters in it. Mm-hmm. And the day I beat it, I, I beat the game, go to check my phone, there's the announcement for Injustice 2. So what are the chances that yeah, that's perfect? Yeah. That is perfect. Yeah, absolutely. They were waiting for you to finish Yeah, the they game. were. That's what it was. And, and I'm hoping that this leads to an extension of the Injustice uh, comic book uh, only because uh, IGN did an article this past week about how it's this alternate universe comic book has been DC's best comic book for a number of years running. Uh, and... It's kind of winding to its original uh, ending, you know, their original five mm-hmm. seasons or five years they planned on doing it. So hopefully that's going to continue. The other thing that had me excited, even though they really didn't show us much, was actual, what we think is actual in-game footage of Friday the 13th the game. That looks cool. Oh. I saw that. That looks really oh. cool. I mean, I, it'd be something so easy to screw up, but man, I'm, I'm hoping that we get that game we've thought about playing since we were little kids. Mm-hmm. No, bring me up to speed on that one. I'm lost on that one. Uh, basically, it was uh, crowdfunded. It was, uh, I believe, a Kickstarter for it. And uh, they, they got permission from uh, New Line, I'd assume. Holds. Is it New Line? Is that, that who holds? I don't know who holds it. I know it's Sean Cunningham and Paramount originally. Uh, I, I don't know who has it now. But they got permission to make this game, but it was uh, crowdfunded. It wasn't fully funded for all the features that they wanted, but they got enough money to go ahead and make the game. And it's... Uh, an asymmetrical game, I guess. Basically, uh, I, I think you can either play as Jason or the counselors, um, but you definitely uh, can play as Jason, it would seem, and you can definitely play as the counselors. From the footage I saw, it looks mm-hmm. like both both are available. Uh, but asymmetrical multiplayer, first of all, is a big deal. You know, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, we've had games like Left 4 Dead that kind of did that as well. Um, when done right, it's it's a blast. And just the idea of being able to play as Jason or run away from Jason, you know, fulfills nightmares that I've had since I remember, uh, I, I want to say it was Friday the 13th, part three or four. It was um, back when uh, Fox, when we first got our, our, our Fox station, and they would show, you know, movies out of order. They would take whatever they could get the rights to to show. You know, yeah, they didn't yeah, have yeah. the first. You just Friday. fill that weird nighttime slot. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, sometimes I remember Halloween, they were showing stuff at 7 o'clock, and it was the first Friday the 13th movie I remembered seeing. It was the one where Jason. You, they show his face without the mask in the window of the door at the end of the movie. And it's all, like, twisted yeah. and everything. And that scared the living crap out of me. Um, so, yeah, th- this is – I'm excited for this. Uh, I just hope they don't screw it up. It sounds really cool. Let me guess. It's not going to come out for my old-ass PS3, right? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> I That's thought a- I was doing good. I just upgraded to that, like, a year ago. So. Yeah, you're just in time for probably what's... I mean, well, Xbox Slim is now coming out, so if you're an Xbox guy, the one. It's not really that much of an update, though. It's just kind of an internal power supply, and it looks smaller. That's really it. Yeah, they did announce that both of the uh, the big players are going to be getting incremental updates. Um, Think Xbox 1.0. Five, even though they have a name for it, and mm-hmm. PS4.5, which 
I don't know. I don't even know if I want to get into that today because that whole situation has me a, a little irritated. I don't know how you feel about that, Josh. Why is that? What, what's irritating you? <laughs> well, it's one thing to jump to another console generation, but mm-hmm. what they're saying is, okay, we're adding this extra processing power just for 4K TVs. Yeah. It's not going to affect games. Games are still going to come out for both platforms. Right. But you know that's not going to be how it plays out. Yeah, the, the game developers want their best... They want to put their best foot forward so if they can make a 4K game, they're not going to downsample it to you know a 1080 TV. And I haven't even jumped on the 4K bandwagon yet because I feel like A, there's not a ton of content for it, so why bother? And then, you know, by the time I do get to 4K... 8K will be out. Yeah, yeah, yeah 8K will be out, and then it just keeps going up and up. So. so I feel like they're artificially cutting the lifespan of the current console generation in half by doing this. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I just bought a PS4 for Christmas, you know, and then two months later, hey, you know, we're releasing a new console already. It's like, you know... Ugh. That's the thing, that you can't obsess over that. Because I obsess over that. I obsess over, am I buying the most, the best thing right now? And am I going to be pissed in six months when something else comes out? I, I spend most of my time worrying about, am I buying it now instead of later? So just buy it now and enjoy it. I mean, uh, Paul's got a PS3 and he still enjoys it, right? Oh, I love it, yeah. The guy I do the show with, uh, Paulie, has a PS1 that he still plays. <laughs> so if you can find, I mean, uh, how many old systems do we have hooked up? I've got, in my house right now, I've got an original Nintendo. I've got a Dreamcast. I've got a Genesis, a PS4, and a PS Vita, but I, and I could have a Game Boy if I wanted to. And all of those still bring me pleasure. So really, screw it. Just buy what you want and have fun with it. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. I, I guess my, my thought was I waited a while to jump on the PS4 bandwagon because I, I felt that my Xbox 360 and my PS3 were good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was happy with them, just like you're happy with those. I made this purchase specifically because, okay, the next generation games are starting to look really good. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, uh, I, you know, like Until Dawn, that was one of the big ones. That mm-hmm. and Battlefront. Battlefront really sold me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I have to play this. I finally found the application that I had to have, or the mm-hmm. game I had to have. I'm concerned now that the next Battlefront is going to be on the PS4.5 and next go, well, year. It's not compatible with your yeah. PS4, right? right. Which yeah. which makes my three hundred plus dollar investment, um, you know, kind of sting me in the ass a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I can feel you on that. I can feel it. I mean, if I you get, I mean, you figure the last, uh, I don't know, PS3 was around forever. I mean, I expect to get a good four to five years, mm-hmm. maybe more. I mean, you look at some of the... I mean, the Xbox 360, and God, well, how long was that, that console life cycle? People played that forever, and the PS3 got f- most of my friends through college. I mean, it was around for a long time. And now the PS4, like you said, those the, the games, you can't, you can't beat them. Like, Battlefront's a dope-ass game. Oh, yeah. And then all the... I don't know if you're an FPS guy, but all of the, like, the stuff they leaked at E3... Like the Battlefield uh, 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 1, have you seen that? I have not. It's all like World War One footage and stuff. Like They're all going back to these like World War One and World War Two games. So if you're into like first-person shooters, it's... Because the biggest complaint now about like the first-person shooter world, like the Call of Duties and stuff like that, is that the the mechanics of it are off. Like, like kids can just get really good at the mechanics of it and just figure out how to win and it sucks, right? So they're going back to these older mechanics, like, you know, you've got to, you can only shoot so fast, and you've got to drive a tank, and it's really kind of some cool stuff that came out of E3 that I'm, that I'm really excited about. And the graphics are dope. It just yeah. looks great. My biggest video game thing, because, and the only reason, I swear to God, the only reason I bought a PS3, and I think we've talked about this before, was, so, 
Okay, I was going to lie. So I could play Disney Infinity. Oh, oh you were going to say so your kids So the kids could play it, yeah. yeah. Don't be ashamed of that. Oh. Those games are awesome, too. They're so much fun. They, they hooked me as soon as they did the Marvel superheroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, just, just take my money. Just, I was and Nintendo has a, sim- has a similar thing with their Amiibo, where you can just put, because we have a Nintendo Wii at the house, a Wii U for the kids. I'll play the balls out of, of <laughs> Mario Kart for, I'll play for hours. But you can get the different Amiibos, and you, and you can scan them on the, on the controller and get all the different players, which is really awesome. I think that's just the most brilliant thing that you have done in not you guys specifically, Hugh. Right. No, no, I did it. You it's did all it, me. Yeah. It's all me. But uh, that's the most brilliant thing, the Infinities and the, and the Amiibos, is that you've taken gaming and you've given it another dimension, as in you can go get unlockable characters that are actual characters that you go to the store and you buy and you mm-hmm. scan them. And it's obviously just a cash grab, but yeah. it's still really cool. Like, the kids really like it. Yeah. They go, I want to buy Mr. Incredible so I can play him in the game. And it works. Which makes it all the more sadder that Disney Infinity is over. Yes. Is it over? I didn't they, know. They, they pulled done. the plug on it. Yeah. They, Disney said they didn't make it. They're not making enough money. Uh, partly because they overproduced uh, with the uh, Infinity uh, One or Two One. I think it was the first one. Uh, a lot of the characters you, you couldn't get them. You know, they just didn't make enough. The second yeah. time around, they made far too many, and that's why. I mean, you can walk into you know the Dollar Tree now and pick up Hulk. Really? Yeah, because because they, they just made too many. Now, I think that, first of all, that's a little ridiculous because what's really affecting this personally, I think, is Disney's had some really great movies in the past year, and they've had some movies that bombed. Mm-hmm. I think other divisions are affecting this because, yes, okay, maybe they made too many characters, but this is a, a perpetual cash machine for them. They must have uh, looked at how much money they've lost and said, hey, where can we cut our losses? Mm-hmm. And they obviously can't stop making movies. Oh, no. Because I'm sure that they could have made it profitable again with some smarter decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, competition. I mean, Nintendo... I mean, yeah, the Amiibos are great, but Nintendo doesn't really have a big share of the market anymore. No, they don't, sadly. Yeah, yeah. and I think they're seeing a lot of competition from LEGO Dimensions, which is kind of doing the same thing, except with characters you can actually build with. Mm -hmm. And they're getting... uh, All the stuff that uh, Disney doesn't have, uh, Warner Brothers and LEGO Dimensions have locked up. Mm -hmm. I mean, down to Ghostbusters, Doctor Who, for God's sake. You know, I mean, I'm going to buy LEGO Dimensions one of these days and get the Doctor Who set, and that's all I'm going to play for an entire weekend. Yeah, they've got everything. They've got Back to the Future. You can get the Mm -hmm. DeLorean and all that stuff, which, thank you guys for this gift. You, but No one can see it, but I'm uh, I'm holding the Back to the Future Episode 1 comic that I didn't even know existed, and this makes me so happy. I'm not even a comic guy, and this brings me so much joy. So thank you for that. But what I love about all the... Like the Amiibos and, and the Infinities is that it takes kids into this open world play, like this infinite play that I really enjoy. Like my kids, I've got a seven-year-old and a five-year-old, and with the Infinity games and, and, and whatnot, they can just go and walk around the world and they explore, and it's kind of like a better experience that, I mean, we grew up with side-scrollers and just kind of get from point A to point B and shut up and hit the flag and you're done. But this like the kids can like... Explore and see what happens if I go over here and what happens if I go over. I like that element. Oh, I was all about it. But yeah, and he, he's going like where you're supposed to with the kids. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, I it was you. Sure, right. In my basement playing. Um, God, it was the original trilogy playset for uh, Star Wars mm-hmm. in there, and I was just wandering around Tatooine and I stumbled across Jabba's palace. Like you, you can't and do you anything squeed. in there. You squeed. Baby. I did. I giggled like a schoolgirl. <laughs> That's the best. I love that feeling. 
Well, I think Infinity is responsible for teaching my four-year-old how to use dual sticks. Yeah. Because, because before that, she tried to play games, and she didn't have the... Well, she was three at that point, but mm -hmm. uh, she just couldn't grasp the concept. But now, she because of Infinity, she understands this moves me, this moves the camera. Right. You know, it, which kind of prepares her for the next generation of giving your money to Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. So I'm doing my job as a parent. I don't know if you guys, as you've all got kids. Have yes. Got yes. Kids? Have you ever gone to the Strong Museum video game? I have not. I have. Oh, and I'm not taking you off track here, but Disney Infinity is a is a display there. Really? They've got like every. If you're an old console gamer or a pinball guy or whatever, spend the ten twelve bucks to get into this thing. Don't even bring your kids because really you'll have way more fun without them. <laughs> but they have a Disney Infinity setup, like a big thirty two inch screen, and you can play the characters as part of the Hall of Fame, and it is always packed. Those oh, kids that. love that game. It's really great. Yeah. Now you did a Disney trip. Last summer. Last summer. Almost exactly to the day now. Yeah. Right. We just came back from one in March. No, mm -hmm. We. But my you and he. Paul and I vacation. Did you? Oh, how yeah. nice. <laughs> but we did uh, Hollywood Studios while we were down there, and they got the big Star Wars thing in the back. Mm -hmm. I think they've got the exact same Disney Infinity set up in there. Because the same idea. Was, the only thing that was more popular in there was meet and greet with Chewbacca. Yeah. And it was just amazing. Yeah, they loved it. That, yeah. that whole, that whole, the way, I'm not even a Star Wars guy, but that whole Star Wars setup at that is stupid awesome. Oh, so cool. My one, did they do the Jedi training and all that stuff? My oldest did. Yeah. Uh, my six-year-old, she did it. The four-year-old was signed up. She basically told us, fuck off. Yeah, she wanted no part right. of it. Yeah. Right. But uh, <laughs> we spent the afternoon, I, I know I told you about this, in that courtyard where the Star Wars stuff is, mm -hmm. chasing the stormtroopers back and forth because my wife was determined she was getting a picture with the stormtroopers. <laughs> and those sons of bitches will not stop for you. They, so you could you can't get them to stop? No, because they're they're, they're in character, yeah, so they're, they're, they're on patrol. Right. They will like straight up like stiff arm you and keep moving, tell you move along. And yeah. They did stop for me because at one point they just picked me out of a crowd and decided that I needed to be detained. I'm mm -hmm. using air quotes because people can see that. Right. Um, <laughs> and they they made me get my ID out and everything, and she got a bunch of pictures of that, and then she was jealous. That's she angry, but it was, it was great. Um, Kylie, my youngest, was scared shitless of the Stormtroopers. Rightfully so. Yeah. My youngest was scared shitless of Darth Maul. When Darth Maul comes out, at the spoiler alert, Darth Maul comes out towards the end of the Jedi training. Not anymore. Really? Yeah, they took him out. Why? Because they put in Kylo Ren from the new movie. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So. Well, I got to see the ending of Darth Maul then, and it That's was scary awesome. as hell. And the makeup was dope. Yes, oh my they god, do it was awesome so great. Job. They do so good. Yeah. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to afford a Disney trip. Just face it right now. I hear you. Yeah, if, I, if my mother-in-law had it, my, we had only had to get the flights down there. My mother-in-law wanted to do a big family trip, so she brought us to Disney. We just had to fly down there. If that had not happened, I could not have afforded to go to See? Disney. That's how we did it, too. It was uh, my father-in-law, Kristen's dad. He's got a timeshare down there. Yeah. We stayed with him. We just had to do... We bought our Disney tickets, and we were the stupid bastards that drove to Florida. Oh. So basically, I need to tell my mother-in-law to step up her game, because she's yeah. not doing her job. Oh, That's yeah, right. well, yes. Yeah. Or you can do exactly what Paul just said, the timeshare. Don't even buy a timeshare. They will fly you down there to try to pitch you a timeshare, and if you're strong enough to say no, you'll get a free Disney trip, a bunch of free food, and a flight home. My brother did it. Really? He went down there. He's, he's Johnny Scant, and he finds the best scamps. So he... Went and he got a timeshare. Like, they'll call you and say, You want to learn about a timeshare at Disney? You go, Sure. They had the hardest sells. But if you've if you got a tough backbone and you can say no through all the tough sells, you will at least enjoy a, like a free trip to Disney and all that. Ooh. Yeah. 
There's an idea. Unless we can find a way to get scheduled at a con down there, and then you that's know, the other have way them pay for us. That's the other way to do it. I know that never works out. We always pay yeah. our own way. Yeah, yeah. Hey, now. For now. Right. Someday. But maybe. now that our mics work, maybe that'll change. Yeah, that'll change. And we'll have to bring Josh with us. Yeah. I'm down. Let's go. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I See, just no submitted... family. It's just us. Yeah, let's See? go hang. I just submitted press to a New York Comic Con. You guys should do that. They let anybody do that thing. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. I always assumed it was difficult to get into that. No way, dude. No way. It's super easy. Not to blow up everybody's spot. Like, right. I don't want every, all your listeners to be signing up for press passes. <laughs> Everybody's going you guys there. are legit press, and they'll, they'll let you in, even if you're not going to do anything. We went one year, and it's awesome. And then just say, yeah, I wanna, we want to come down. You won't get to do, like, the cool panels, like the Walking Dead panels and all that stuff. Right. But you'll at least get to get into the thing for free. All you got to do is drive to New York City. There's an idea. Look it up. Look up the press yeah, passes. We will write that I'm down. I'm helping out Geek Pop huge this. today. That's right. We're bros for life. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Sold. All right. So I do want to throw a spotlight to Josh, though. I mean, we brought him in. We want to let, let him have a chance to, to explain to everybody who he is. Come on. Like, that's necessary. Right I'm here. a nobody. You keep saying that I'm on tech there. support. <laughs> But yeah, tell us tell us about you. Tell us your background. I'm a, uh, I mean, I know a podcast. Everybody listens to it, but I'm a local guy. I've born and raised here in Central New York. Uh, lived here my whole life. Went to school at Phoenix. Went to college at Oswego State. Moved down to New York City to do stand up comedy for a few years. Came back here to get hitched, have some kids, build a house, and then started doing the radio thing. I always wanted to do the radio thing. I, like I was telling you guys off air, I geek out about podcasts and. I was doing a podcast in 2004 when nobody knew what a podcast was. I was sitting in a tiny room doing a podcast, and then I started doing a, a live podcast at a comedy club, still kind of before everybody knew what a podcast was. So With a, with a mutual friend of the with show? With Jeff Watkins and uh, my buddy Paulie and my buddy Kevin and anybody else who would show up and do it. And It was this concept where we would just sit on stage and literally place a microphone in the audience and any drunkard, hobo, anybody could just come up and talk, and they would, and we would just have a dialogue with them, and it was super fun, and uh, and then I'm kind of, you know, doing the over-the-air thing, the K-Rock thing now. It took about ten years to get to it, but I started at the bottom, setting up uh, tents and driving vans and being in parades and all that stuff, <laughs> and then I just hung around long enough to give me my own show, and that's, uh, that's what I do now. That's awesome. Thanks, now, you also worked with uh, Ted Namey for a little while. I did, right? yeah, I did. They uh, had an opera. They were the first ones to kind of put me on the air. I uh, <clears throat> I was in the sales department. I started as a promo tech, like I said, like setting up tents and driving vans and parades, and then I needed to make more money, so I went to the sales department, and I was terrible at it. <laughs> and I was eventually let go from that position because I was focusing more on the on-air stuff, and they, uh, Ted and Amy were nice enough to put me on their show. Yep. for a little bit, which was surreal because I'd grown up listening to them, so they let me do a segment with them, and I would fill in with them, and then at the other place, I was given an opportunity to do the morning show, and then that progressed into where I'm at now, right. I guess, which is six years into doing mornings at this point, yeah. Yes, which um, I've got to admit, this is the best iteration of the show yet. Thank you. Love it. Thank Love you. It's it. my favorite one. Yeah. I, I'm, I work with my literal brother and my best friend of 20 years. And another tiny man. So really, I can't beat. I can't beat how great it is. Right. No, to go it's to work a, every day. And you can tell genuinely just listening how much fun you guys are having. Together. It's really fun. That's all. That's kind of what I've adapted in my life. Is that 
nothing to last forever. Like, you know, you can lose a job anytime and in, in entertainment it can happen anytime. But if just go and have fun every day and get like drain as much fun out of it as you possibly can. And then when it's over, you're like, all right, that was fun. Yeah, it was cool. Don't stress it. Just go and have fun. So do you want to talk about the, uh, the podcast that AJ's doing? His, uh, his sidearm podcast? Yes, yeah. I definitely wanted to put that out there for... He is also a podcast geek. Um, he and I are just nerdy tech geeks from, you know, the 90s. We would play Warcraft together on our compact presarios and all that stuff. <laughs> so we've, he, we've always been just kind of really into gadgets and geeky stuff. And he wanted to do a podcast, and um, he started working with me and said, Hey, I got this idea for a podcast that, uh, in a market that no one's really touching, which is, you know, not the big... Black Hawk Down, Saving Private Ryan, heroic military stories. But there's this whole world of vets, active duty, military people who don't ever have a movie made about them or a TV show made about them, and they've got phenomenal stories. And he goes, can I just do a podcast for that? And that's the beauty of this medium is that, yes, you can. Whatever you want to do, just do it. No one's got to approve it. And he just started doing it, and he's just been talking to guys who have, seen real shit and like lived these weird lives and where they fly all over the place and as me I've never been in the military nobody in my family ever had been but I'm just fascinated listening to these stories like you know guys who at 17 18 years old get on a plane and go to like Okinawa Japan for two years and what's that like and what's this you know the the psychological toll on you and all that stuff and I think he's doing a fantastic job but it actually just won an award um, we were down in New York a week, uh, about a week and a half ago, and it uh, won first place at a uh, digital leadership um, conference we were at for innovation and all that stuff. So it's a it's an award winning it's an award winning podcast now. And I think he does wow. an awesome job with it. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, and it's great. It's it's an awesome platform. It's unique, and I think it needs to be out there. I mean, I, these guys deserve to have their stories stories told. I'm tongue tied. And I think he's doing like he's. He's documenting something that's not documented, you know? Like, there's all these day-to-day life stories that no one's really writing down or talking about, and I think he's doing it, even if just, like, as a piece of history, I'm fascinated by it. Because, you know, maybe a hundred years from now, someone can say, that's what military life was like then. That's what they did. I mean, he's he's talked to a guy who was in Vietnam and got, you know, uh, he got Parkinson's because of Agent Orange, like, all this stuff, and up to people who are just enlisted and haven't even gone to boot camp yet. So it's this whole array of, of things that I can't relate to because I never did it, but he's he's got a handle on it. I love it. I love yeah, listening to it, man. I, I haven't had a chance to listen yet. I want to. There's, yeah, there's you'll like it. There's, I think there's 14 episodes now, and they're all about 45 minutes, 30 minutes, and you can just binge on them, and there's some really interesting stuff that, that he talks about. I love it, man. Perfect. And that's right on iTunes? Right on iTunes, Sidearm Podcast, or... In our K Rock app and all that stuff. Yeah. Outstanding. We'll link to it too. Okay. And I mean it this time. I really yeah. Do. yeah. Yeah. Okay. You say I, so. I'm terrible with, you know, adding. It happens. So, yeah. But no, yeah. that, that's important. I think that needs to be up there. We've got a lot of things going on that happen. Right. <laughs> um, anything else you want to add about you as you're trying to take a drink? Sorry. No, I'm good, um, man. No, I'm a. Uh, I don't really do much. This is. Thank you for having me on this thing, man. I'm. Oh, it's it's really our honor. It's our I mean, pleasure. Yeah. Having you know listened to K Rock for so many years, you know having you know one of the DJs on, uh, I I'm just I mean we've met a couple celebrities, but this is kind of cool because like Paul said, he listens you know every morning. Um, I I don't because I work from home now, so mm-hmm. I never listen to the radio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when I do, I get in the car and. 
K-Rock is on number six because my wife has her stations. One through five, right? Yeah. And then there's six. I hit six <laughs> and I listen to it, it, it for the three minutes I ever have to drive somewhere. Right, right, right. Uh, but prior to that, yeah, I mean, I grew up on it. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah, me too. No, so. I mean, it's been around since 1994 and I was 13 in 1994, so I was in my grungiest, yep. angstiest I, era. I remember when it started because there we, we had 95X and, of course, before the show I... I talk to you about you know how i was a, a musician mm-hmm. growing up yeah. and i had been doing that and all we really had was 95x up mm-hmm. until that point and when k-rock came out it was a huge deal because yeah. that's the music we were listening to the music we were playing yeah so i mean there's a there's an element of heritage to just having you know somebody from k-rock on now cool. i mean even though you are very humble which is <laughs> kind, of, kind of nice thank you uh big deal for us i think oh without a doubt huge for me uh, you're the only people who've ever asked me to be on a podcast i don't know why nobody asks me Shame on you guys. I would love What's to. I I'd, I'd love to be on these things. Nobody's ever asked. We meet me every other Saturday. Yes. <laughs> Maybe from a three-legged table. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to go there now? Yeah, go there okay. now. So, <clears throat> like I said, I mean, this whole show is the epitome of something different today. Between the fact that it's occurred to us all now that I don't know how to run a board, down to the fact that we're recording from a spare bedroom. In my father's apartment complex. How dare you call it a spare bedroom? This is the official Geek Pod studio. You should refer to this as the yeah. Geek Pod studio. It's funny because I brought the banner. We ran out of time. I was actually going to put the banner up on the wall. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so yes, this is now the official Geek Pod studio. Yeah. Set have- it up, man. Put, you, make, it your, uh, make it your own. Hang on your swag. Make it vibey. Make it feel good. Some throw rugs down. Yeah. Vibe going. Beanbag like chairs. That. Yes. Lava lamps. That <laughs> <laughs> um, but normally we record from my kitchen table in the dining room. Dining room table. Um, that's not a viable option right now uh, because they come home from work on Wednesday and um, the house is very quiet. And there are people in it. I know this. You know they were they were there when I left. And I take my shoes off. and I'm looking around. TV is not even on in my house. That never happens. Mm-hmm. TV's constantly on. So I start walking in, and my youngest, the youngest of the overlords, Kylie, pops her head around and goes, "Daddy," and my father goes, "Kylie." Mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh. And I'm like, "What is going on?" And Kylie springs out of the chair. <laughs> Looks at me and says, Daddy, Papa has something to tell you. <laughs> I said, what's going on? He goes, you need to come out to the kitchen. So I walk out there with him, and I see the leg of my kitchen table is sitting on the counter by the sink. The table is still standing. Mm-hmm. I said, um, what, what happened? Well, you see... I uh, I kind of broke the leg off your table. I said, how did you break the leg off my table? Oh, and he starts stammering into this this nonsense about tripping over the leg of the chair, bumping into the table, and the leg came flying off. I said, okay, that's obviously time out. Right. That's bullshit. Right. What really happened? He goes, I don't want you to yell at the kids. I'm like, I'm not going to yell at the kids. What happened? Well, apparently they were both trying to shove away from the table at the same time. Oh. Leg came shooting off like a rocket. Oh, um, no. Yeah, so I, I have a three-legged t- 
table that we we see now that I've been trying to repair that has been repaired before. Uh huh. So we got the whole bait and switch on that one. So it stayed um, standing, but you can't. I'll put you can't put any weight on that one corner, right? Because we're gonna catapult for right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I do have it repaired now, but I'm just waiting to see if it's gonna last before I, I want to invite anyone in, especially having Josh in today. Uh, the last thing I need to do is get all set up and lean down and then and just... just throws all your equipment yeah. in. That would Everything awesome. in the air, yeah. That would be awesome. That would make great for a great video. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, it would. So if, if things sound... Di- well, they're going to sound different because the mics are working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that, that's why. We're, we're going from the, the brand new GeekPod studio. We'll go brand new GeekPod, uh, the complex. Hey, we'll call it the complex. GeekPod oh, I like that. I'm writing that down. Yeah, please. Someone should probably talk while I'm doing it. Oh, well, again, I, I just wanted to see if you were actually going to talk and throw really it out to one of us. Yeah, yeah no, he really is writing it down. That's how I come up with the titles for the episodes, too. I'll like, just randomly in the middle of something, I'll just stop, get a weird look on my face, and just jot stuff down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, usually I think he has gas, but yeah, he starts no. writing, and then you know I can see what's going on. There's that, too. But um, do you want to roll into your news now? I can absolutely roll into news. Uh, we've got a number of things going on today. Now, uh, since Josh had, you know, may not be aware of this. I generally try to come up with a witty title for each news item. Um, this week, I have both my worst, because I just could not think of anything. Okay. And what may be my best, and I'll save that for second to last, because awesome. the last thing rolls into so- something else. So we might as well just start this up. Uh, so, stuff that's going on this week. Superman cast for Supergirl, because, you know, it wouldn't be uh, too complicated to have three realities in the WB universe. universe. See, I can't even talk today. Man, we don't do this often enough anymore. Uh, basically, they've cast Superman for the uh, Supergirl TV show, now that it's moved to the CW, where mm-hmm. it probably should have been to begin with. Now, this is interesting, because the first season, you kind of knew that Superman was there, and she would get texts from him, because they're supposed to be cousins, but they didn't really show him on screen. Also led to people wondering, okay, is this the movie universe? Is that that Henry Cable Superman. Well, now that they're casting someone, obviously not only is that not that universe, but now that she's on the CW, they've got to roll their other three DC shows where Superman and Supergirl don't exist all into the same universe. So technically that's three realities, the movie-verse, Supergirl's universe, and now the CW's universe. And two of those are going to become the same. And if that sounds complicated, that's because it is. Mind you, this is from the same company that said... Tom Welling cannot put on the Superman suit because people would be confused if the Superman suit was on a TV show and in movies. Same company that said, oh, you can't have Bruce Wayne on Smallville because people will be confused by two Batmans. Um, Now we have two Flashes, two Supermen, and three universes turning into two. Are you lost yet? Can you keep it all together? Yeah. That's, that's, I I don't even know what to say about that. But it's newsworthy, so there you go. Next up, A Clone in the Dark. Uh, If you've been watching Orphan Black, BBC's uh, TV show about a group of orphans where uh, basically one actress, uh, Titania Masolani, plays multiple, multiple, multiple characters. I'm talking, uh, I don't even know how many she's played. Uh, Maybe like ten different characters on the show. Um, Usually you know, three to five in the same scene sometimes, is coming to an end. It's been renewed for a fifth and final season, uh, which is going to premiere next year. Uh, The season finale, season four finale, just premiered this past Thursday on BBC America. Uh, It's a little sad because it is one of the most interesting shows out there right now. Uh, It's genre-bending because it's a little sci-fi, it's a little uh, espionage. Uh, Very Alias, if you ever watched Alias with Jennifer Garner. Mm -hmm. I I get that same kind of vibe there. Uh, But, you know, what really has me choked up about it is I'm thinking that the show isn't going to go on long enough for her to actually get an Emmy. Because seriously, one actress is in every single scene of this show playing multiple people because they're clones. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you look at the cast list, 
It's like her, 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 her brother and her mom. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, and she's playing the, the radically different, sometime different accents. It's insane. Uh, Orphan Black, it's a great show. Mm-hmm. If you haven't checked it out, check it out because it, it's definitely interesting. But also, this girl deserves an Emmy. People get Emmys for doing stupid shit. Yeah. Okay? Um, she should get an Emmy for putting in that much goddamn work. And I'm surprised, I'd be surprised if she doesn't drop dead after, you know, they <laughs> filmed the, the season five finale because that's like, you know, 15 years worth of uh, career. In that five-year Yeah, she show. shoved in a lot of characters into yeah. five seasons. Yeah, it's crazy. Next up, an arrow to the knee never looked so good. This past week at E3, uh, Bethesda announced that they are going to be releasing a new version of Skyrim. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, now I don't know how you feel about this. I didn't realize. I guess this is a high-def version of Skyrim? Yeah, it's an upscaled. So it's like Elder Scrolls, like Skyrim something. There's a big, long title of it, but it's an yeah. upscaled version of Skyrim. So, like, they released a, uh, a trailer... Where they literally shoot side by side of like current Skyrim and what this is going to look like in an effort to show how upscaled and you know all the the the, the graphics and like you no know, look how great the water is and look how many leaves we have on this tree <laughs> like it's one of those trailers but yeah it looks super nice. What really surprises me about this is first of all um, I didn't realize that Skyrim didn't look good. Um, I played it on PC. I thought it was great. Uh, never realized it wasn't an HD. Yeah, but dude, we didn't know that Mario didn't look good. Like, yeah, we don't know true. Until, until the next <laughs> thing comes the, out. The other part of this is I'm wondering if this is going to create a trend. Because you know, they probably didn't actually do this, but you know what this is the equivalent of? They mm. said, oh, this guy's mod, which makes the trees look good, is great. This guy's mod with the water, you know, makes the water look great. They basically took all the stuff that the community already yeah. did and are shoving it into a re-release. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't really expect to get a new version of Skyrim this year. Not well, something... do they kick anything back to the guys who came up with these mods? Yeah. Like, I mean, are you just going to charge me for a new Skyrim and the guy that came up with those mods? I mean, GTA on PC does the same thing, like all these Grand Theft Auto mods that are just crazy awesome and they can be downloadable content eventually, but who's making money off that? That's, yeah. that's the weird thing, is that you've got this community of modders now that are they getting paid? Right. I doubt it. Somebody's well, I mean, they're definitely not getting paid through Steam. I know they tried that and right. it didn't really work very well. Yeah. So um, next up, hedging their bats. I don't know if you saw this, but AMC filmed eleven different openings to uh, the season premiere of The Walking Dead next year because they wanted to make sure that nobody knew who actually met their demise at the end of Negan's bats. Oh. No, so I didn't yeah. know they filmed yeah. 11 different ones. Yeah, now here's the interesting part, okay? I think we might have caught them in a lie because I recall Scott Gimple saying, even though the season finale left things very you know, nebulous, you don't know who died, we already know who it is, we have a plan. Now in this new article they came out with, they said, well, we, we wanted to make sure nobody knew who actually did it. No spoilers would be released because apparently people are flying drones over the places they're filming and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also said, and now we can take a look at all of them and make a decision. He was actually quoted in the news as saying that. So I, I think that pretty much says at the end of this past season, they hadn't decided on Well, either. and you've got to figure, you've got an entire, uh, in that scene, how many extras were standing there. They're not all going to keep their mouths shut. Exactly. So... Uh, they may need to do that just to protect their asses. I mean, they don't want that stuff leaked out there. I think that all of us who are big Walking Dead fans are waiting for it to be Glenn. I don't think it's going to be because he should have died a long time ago. Daryl, obviously, if he dies, we riot. That's the thing everybody says. So I don't know. The only people we can guarantee it's not are, I think, Rick and Carl because he references... If that guy says anything, take, rip the other kid's eye out and feed it to his dad. Yeah. In the end of that. So you know, all right, well, he's not going to kill them because he's referencing them. 
then you see all the on the things on the internet where they're like, well, this tree was here and this tree was there, and <laughs> yeah. what about the shadow and all that stuff? But it, that's fascinating if he says they they shot eleven different ones. Yeah. Now I almost wouldn't care at this point if it was Rick. Yeah, I don't either. I'd I'm be with okay you. with it. Okay. Yeah, I don't yeah because you know my wife and I were talking about this yesterday. Uh, most shows have a hero's journey, and the best example I can think of is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. He starts off not prepared to be the Slayer, becomes the Slayer, has a couple good years, has a really dark patch, and gets through it, and the show ends in a place where you can see everything continues. Mm-hmm. Rick started off in a rough place, waking up, okay... He's going to have some bad times, but he never comes out of it. Every single season is a different kind of crazy, which mm-hmm. is not how it was in the comic books. He had his dark patch. Right. He came out of it, and he still makes mistakes, but he generally is the guy now that he was 50 issues ago. Yeah. Uh, I feel like at this point, it's too late to fix the character mm-hmm. because six, season in, six seasons in, even if they finally get his head out of his ass and he becomes a strong leader... I don't feel like Andrew Lincoln's going to be around long enough. They're talking about this show could go on for 20 years. Yeah, it's not going to go on 20 years with Rick. He's yeah. going to go make movies. Yeah, right. Andrew Lincoln wants out. I know that Daryl... Daryl... Uh, 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 Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus supposedly sold his home from Atlanta. So, like, they think, is he leaving? Like, all these guys have made their careers off of this show. They don't want to do it forever, which is smart and stupid because, A, Andrew Lincoln can never be cast as anything other than Rick. You see Rick now. Oh, yeah. Same way yeah. I feel about Hugh Laurie trying to be in that other AMC show. I see House. The Night yeah. Manager. Yeah, yeah, I see House. I go, ah, that's House, man. Yeah. I can't do it. And Andrew Lincoln has a super thick accent. So if he suddenly drops his Atlanta blah, blah, blah accent and becomes the talking like this, I'm Andrew Lincoln. You're like, ah, fuck you. You're not. You're, you're not that. You're, you're Rick. Right. So I don't know, man. I... I mean, I don't necessarily want the character to die, but I don't feel like they can give him the hero's journey the character should have had. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean I don't want the show to go on and continue, but I feel like that those missteps are at this point, this stage of the game, I don't feel like it's something that can be repaired. There's nobody who would be killed that I'd be sad about. That's the weird thing I'm in with this show right now. Yeah. yeah. You can kill anybody, and I'm not going to be heartbroken about any of them. Because I think they've desensitized us to it so much. I mean, because nobody is ever fucking safe on that yeah, show. Yeah, nobody's safe. Which so. is the cool thing about it is that mm-hmm. well, they will kill off major characters, which is fantastic. But again, like I'm not invested in anybody's story right now. I'm right. more invested in Negan's story than anybody's <laughs> right now. So I kind of want. I don't give a shit who Negan kills because I love Negan right now. Right. You know? Yeah, I think that is going to be a great, great season just for him. Yeah, it's oh, gonna be I can't so wait. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And finally, are you ready for it? Is this the big one? Oh, this is okay. the big one. All right. I, I'm really impressed with myself. This is what makes me impressed with myself. I have a very small life. These are not the droids you're looking at. This week, it was announced that Charlie Cox actually auditioned for a role in one of the new Star Wars films. And he thinks it was the Han Solo film, uh, but he's not sure because they don't tell him that. But mm-hmm. apparently during the audition, he blew this audition because he was performing with another actor and the director stopped him and like, why aren't you, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you looking at the person you're talking oh. to? He is so used to playing the Matt Murdock on Daredevil, the, mm. the blind lawyer, and used to not looking at who he's talking to that he, was un, he went into this audition and didn't even realize he, he wasn't looking at the person he was talking to. Oh. And they didn't call him back. Oh, oh. I mean, he, he's fantastic. He is phenomenal. And, and he yeah. would make a great Han Solo. I, for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. But uh, I just thought it was funny because you, know, you think these uh, stars... I mean, they have name recognition. They don't have to audition. Or something like that. They go like, oh, yeah, you're in Daredevil. Just just concentrate. But no, apparently Disney didn't call him back. So, 
these aren't the droids you're looking at. Come yeah, on. That's a good, yeah, that's a good one. one. I like that. I like that one. <laughs> All right. And uh, to kind of end things and roll into something else, uh, we got our first look this week at Star Trek VR. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't really been a huge Star Trek fan for a number of years now just because I, I the old series and all that stuff ended. And the new movies are all right, but whatever, you know. Uh, we finally got to see what Star Trek VR looks like. Mm-hmm. And there was a video put out uh, with uh, some of the, the actors, LeVar Burton, Jerry Ryan, um, kind of demonstrating, you know, what this looked like. Now, we have a lot of VR stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Every company has their own VR headset in the yeah. works. And this uh, game basically is there's going to be four players in each game. The captain, the engineer, the helmsman, and science station, I think. And it's as if you're in a starship. You're sitting at your station. The three guys who aren't the captain are looking at their consoles making adjustment. The captain is basically sitting there telling everybody what to do. Mm -hmm. Now, let's step back from the fact that while that would be every Star Trek fan's dream, I also wonder how much fun could that be? Man the torpedoes. I'm already manning the torpedoes. Shut the fuck up. I mean, you're basically, you're telling somebody what to do. But also, they had like a couple of them. LeVar's over here with the headset on. Mm -hmm. Jerry's over here with the headset on. The final frontier is here. And man, it looks weird because we've all got these things on our heads. We're just sitting there talking and doing like, we talked about VR before. We actually had a demonstration. I brought in my Google Cardboard and Mm -hmm. some, uh, some, some demos of some racy vr videos did you watch porno on vr yes yes, yes i did awesome. but, but it was awesome. it was for the purpose of showing these guys it's you know, for science right yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um while i can understand that I, I have the same thing with the vr games that i have with you know the whole vr porn idea okay mm-hmm. you look weird you're secluded i can't imagine i would be in my living room with a headset on playing star trek i, I just don't see that happening yeah i'm not an i'm not a vr guy same reason I wasn't a, a Wii guy. I don't want to be moving around, being all... I like to sit and hold a controller. The cool thing I saw with VR is that I know that PlayStation's coming out with that, uh, like a gun to use yeah. with your with your first-person shooters with the VR. Oh, nice. It's cool, but I think it's a novelty. You know, I have a solution to that whole problem. I'm giving this a lot of thought, and I know what this current generation of VR is missing. And... If you've ever seen the Christopher Nolan Batman films, you remember the uh, the memory fabric mm-hmm. that when it was uh, electrified, it could hold a shape. Yeah. It's what he used for a glider. What VR needs is to ditch the controller idea because that that is something that we're, we're never going to be able to break that wall while we're holding a controller or a piece of plastic. Mm-hmm. You need a glove. Yep. Now, I, I, I've thought about, actually for years I've thought about this, and you know, like little tiny hydraulics isn't going to work, but we know that memory fabric is based on real technology, and maybe there's something else out there. People mm-hmm. smarter than me might listen to this if they actually listen to us and go, you know what? That wouldn't work, but I understand how that, how that would work. Mm-hmm. You need to have a glove that can provide resistance, different resistances. You know, so, or resistances. Resistances? Resistances. That yeah, yeah, resistances, yeah. Um, resistances. Something, so basically, in the game world, I can pick up this can. Yeah. It feels, it feels real. Even if you can't get the smoothness and the texture all right, mm-hmm. you, you're giving actual substance to it. And all it is is the glove stopping you, providing mm-hmm. resistance. You could have less resistance. You can actually squeeze something a little bit, and that's going to pop out and end up on the recording here in a second. There were some guys in MIT that have something similar to that. I don't know if you saw the video, but they have basically a little robot hand, like, across the country. And they're on... They have some kind of glove they wear. It's not like a... I don't know if it's a glove or, like, some kind of sensors, but across the country, there would be this little robot hand, and it was playing catch with this girl... By using the hand, and I guess it did have sensors and stuff that nice. you could feel the resistance. Nice. Yeah. So I'm thinking, 
for first person shooters mm-hmm. or I, it, I was thinking about like lightsabers or sword combat or something like yeah. that. Not only is, does it provide the resistance, okay, because now you, now you actually feel like you're holding a sword, but where you are holding, this, where your gloves are, this, it's going to be able to pick up those movements because, you know, if you're holding a gun, you know, you no longer need to hit a button. You go mm-hmm. like this, it's firing the mm-hmm. gun. Uh, I think that if they invested their time in that, if you really want to immerse people in VR, that's what's needed because this particular technology can be applied to any game. Right down to like Fallout 4, you go like this, you see a pit boy. Yeah. You start, I mean, it's once they get the technology down, it can be just part of the toolkit that every developer can use and, and it becomes much easier. The big hurdle is figuring out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. But I think it would actually be just as easy as programming for a controller once they they understand how to make it work. And I think that I think that we're getting there. I think that there'll be a fully immersive gaming world by the time I'm ninety. That that you can just exactly it's a full suit full of resistors and all these sensors that somebody has on, and they can feel the movements and they can you know grab the gun and all like it's Skyrim is going to be a perfect example for that yeah. same thing. It's this beautiful immersive world where you can interact with things. I think. We'll be there eventually. But that is the news, folks. Outstanding. Good good job. Thank you. I was impressed. <laughs> good news, Hugh. Really? Yeah. Good news. Um, <clears throat> now, we were, we were all bouncing ideas back and forth about what we could do to include everybody on this one. Mm-hmm. One of the first topics that came up was, and I'm going to use your exact words, creepy shit. Yeah, I love creepy shit. Well, I took that and ran with it. Okay. Um, I know we're we're running a little bit long. We promised you an hour and already forty five minutes. I've got I got nowhere else to be. Okay, cool. This is it today, man. <clears throat> I uh I found a couple of things and I'll give you your choice where you want to start. You want to go right super local into some uh, reportedly haunted sites around the area? Yeah, let's do let's that. Let's do that. Let's do that. All right, now I found this from is Hugh into creepy stuff? Do you like oh, creepy stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. Right. more into creepy stuff than he is. I think. Yeah, yeah, Good. yeah, yeah. I have Freddy Krueger and Jason on my desk at home. Yeah. You know, for when I'm working and they have little battles and fights. Oh, and I just mm-hmm. I just got the lament configuration <laughs> for my desk. Too. Yeah. I've been looking for one of those. Oh, being so odd. you don't even know. The, the puzzle box from Hellraiser. The Marshawn's box. Okay. I thought that's what it was, but I didn't want to ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I found a list right from um, a really cool website called hauntedplaces.org. Mm-hmm. You can literally narrow it down to your generalized area, and it will spit out a list of what is supposedly haunted near mm-hmm. you. It gives you the GPS locations, like the, really, yeah, to get their addresses and everything. So I, I, I well, I can let me ask you a question because I brought this up on the ad, the, the show that I do about the Amityville Horror House. It's up for sale again, okay. and I think that I would buy that and make it like an Airbnb. Oh, wouldn't wow. people stay in the Amityville House? I would. That would be cool. Like you got to figure, you put that on like Airbnb, and you're like, "This is listen, this is the Amityville Horror House." You'd a make your money right back, and people like you and I would stay in that thing. Oh, and, and, and you know what? You'd have a great business having ghost hunters go there yes. because ghost hunters like to just go to places and break into stuff. No, if you want to come here, you can come here, but you have to pay for the night. Yeah. There is no better business model than to buy this stupid Amityville Horror House, whether it's haunted or not haunted. There's been movies made about it. It's the, one of the most documented creepy places. Have people stay there. You'd make your you'd make bank. If I had the money to burn on that, oh, I'd buy that damn house. There you go. I like it. Do it. Well, <laughs> well, again. Right. It's yeah. Financial. Yeah. Well. I hear you. Everything's financial. <laughs> so I get you. 
Um, no, I did break it down over our different sections here. I'm going to go with the most obvious one for our area, for Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Landmark Theater. Right? Oh, I've heard stories about this. Yes. Um, I'm just going to just read Is it, it out. Is it Clarissa? Right? Uh, they may have. Yes, I see she's in here. Mm-hmm. Because uh, your brother. He works at the Landmark. Yes. And he gets the creepy shit happen to him all the time there. All right. And I went on a ghost hunt there once, and it sucked because it was a big group. You can never do ghost hunts in big groups. Because they just, it just, everybody's weird, and they ruin it. Like, it's got to be you and, like, somebody else. That's it. Yeah, like a small, big, yeah. like, group who's going to be cool about it. Because you'll get the assholes in there. It's a big joke to them. And... It's a joke. And if you've got a group of 10, 12, 20 people, someone's going to make a sound. Yeah, and it's yes. not going to be paranormal. It's going to be somebody who's in the group. So, yeah, Landmark Theater. Yes. Now you're onto something. We should do a ghost hunt. Well, we, we need, what do you need? You need probably four people, two people running cameras, two yeah. people to, to bounce things off. And yeah. Talk. So, yeah. I mean, four people, maybe five would be perfect. Find one of these places. We can get in the Let's landmark. Do it. Landmark, we can not. Can we? Can we get uh, recording equipment? Yeah, easily. I've got a bunch of portable recorders, and they work great too. Because you can put, like, just put your headphones in, especially earbuds, because it'll block everything else out, and just hold your recorder up. And they're so sensitive that you'll hear things in the moment, like in real time. I went to a, what was it? Some asylum, Rolling Hills Asylum. I went out there and did a ghost hunt. Nice. And I just had a portable recorder that I had earbuds in, and I would hold it up, and you'd hear shit that wasn't really happening. That is cool. If you can get a portable recorder and just listen with the earbuds. So that, we need uh, we need cameras. Yeah. At, least, yeah. at least one camera. You, you know, it, would you be interested in doing something like this? Of course. If we can pull some stuff together? Yes, I'd do a geek pod ghost hunt. That would be so cool. This is definitely something we have a to dream move country. on. Yes. <laughs> okay, like okay, it. we're going to do it. All right. Um, <clears throat> anyway, the landmark. Um, if you're from the area, you already know where it is. I'm not going to just spit out all the addresses on all these. I just We'll keep moving along. We don't want to have Josh here until like 4.30. Especially uh, because my daughter's birthday party right. starts. Right, oh, that's important. That's... Uh, 1920s, Landmark Theater is haunted by three ghosts. Witnesses have reported apparitions, a blue light, voices, and eerie things that show up in photos. The known haunted areas are the back of the auditorium, the red room, the walnut room, and the basement, also known as the catacombs. One of the ghosts is believed to be a former actress named Clarissa, who died when she fell from the balcony. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Her apparition has been seen, and she is also manifested by a phantom lilac smell? Yeah, they can smell like lilacs. Interesting. Like, my brother has stories of doors slamming, and you smell that lilac smell, and, like, he's been out he's been out in the seats and seen her on, like, dancing on the stage and stuff. That's Whoa. awesome. And now, I, my brother's done a lot of substances, but I can imagine <laughs> that this might, I believe him on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've also got a stagehand named Oscar, mm-hmm. who uh, was electrocuted. And he's also haunting the theater. We had one of those up at Oswego State that was supposed to be a stagehand that haunted Tyler Hall Theater. And, like, you would smell cigarette smoke. I think it was just somebody smoking in the stairwells. <laughs> right. You would smell cigarette smoke, and uh, they would say, oh, yeah, that's, that's the guy that, that used to work here. I didn't put that one down there, because there were so many in Oswego County that I... Yeah, there's weird there. ones up there. There's, there's a fine line in Oswego County between haunted and meth house. So yes. it's really, you don't know... <laughs> You never know which is which. <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. I am originally from there. So. Yeah, see, so you know. Yeah. The, the, our people, they're not, they're, not, uh, they're not all put together up there. 
Well, I purposely do have a whole section from your guys' neck of the woods oh, for that. Oh, cool. Okay. So. All right. Um, but also in Syracuse, we have the Woodlawn Cemetery on Grant Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that you can hear strange sounds. They've captured EVPs. And there's supposedly a glowing white ghost that sometimes appears to be chasing you as you, as you explore the cemetery at night. That would scare the hell out of me. I can't go yeah. with that. I can't roll with that. <laughs> uh, here in my neck of the woods, because I, I literally live two minutes down the road, mm-hmm. uh, in Liverpool, we've got uh, the Ancestors Inn at the Bassett House. Okay. Down in the village. Uh, lights go on and off. Uh, you take pictures in there. They're completely blacked out. There's mm-hmm. nothing in the pictures. Uh, there's said to be a spirit named Tim who lives on the second floor. He shows himself most often when someone is not feeling well. Oh, so he's like he can kind of be one of those predictors, like if someone's ill or going to die, Tim shows up. Yes. Oh, Tim, right. <laughs> and now this one's interesting. The uh, <clears throat> Carnegie's Restaurant. It's also Pier Fifty Seven. Oh yeah, now it's like Nick and somethings. Yeah, yeah, that place. Uh, apparently, that's supposedly haunted by um, a ghost of a woman who was shot and killed by her husband there. Oh. Um, and I can attest to this. I've been in there. You can get it's usually from uneasy feelings and stuff you get in there. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those holes where it feels really really cold for no reason in there. That's. I'm just that one I can attest to. I've been there because I like to eat. Well, yeah, I hear you on that. One, yeah. yeah, you sure you just weren't under like an air conditioner, right? Yeah. Like that? <laughs> oh, it's cold. Um, now these ones might speak to you guys because these are from your your next up world, north. So. Yeah. Uh, first one here is right in Phoenix, uh, the Jacksonville Rural Cemetery. On Fenner Road. Oh, I know where that is. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, supposedly, there is a mysterious black cat that roams, has glowing green eyes, oh. as well as um, the ghost of a teenage girl. And, okay, maybe that's not so odd, though. They say you can hear gunshots ring out at night. Well, yeah, that's yeah. what we've got. I mean, that's, that's, what, speaking, got, right? that's what we do. Um, no, I, I know where that cemetery is, and it's a creepy cemetery in the day. Yeah, it's an old like farm cemetery. I know where that right. is. Right, and there's a forest behind it. Yeah, yep. Because supposedly there's a stream back there that seems to like draw people to it. I'm stopping there on the way home today. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, the last time anybody will ever hear yeah, from Josh. This is it. It'll be our yeah. fault. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you made me go to the stream. <laughs> See, and that just makes me think of uh, the Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's the whole scene where they were drawn to that house, and then yeah. they all. Interesting. I Love hated it. that that movie was fake. Oh, Why do they got to do that? If you're going to do something like that, don't tell me it's fake, because I really loved it. It was really scary. I know. It, w- it was ruined for me. I remember that now that I brought that up. Um, I was all into it, and then those fucking kids show up on the MTV Movie yeah. Awards. I'm like, Why? I'm like, come on. Why would you do Fuckers. this? Yes. It should be an understanding that those actors can never appear in public again. They should have just they killed them. They should have literally killed them, I think. <laughs> I'm guessing that the Actors Guild would have had something to say about yeah. that. <laughs> Actors Details. SAG would be like, yeah, this is not in the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, I have a lot of them from Oswego County. Please tell me the Happy Valley's on there somewhere. You son of a bitch. I was saving that for last for you. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, what's Happy on? Valley? I want to know Happy Let's Valley. go to that one. You don't That's know a... Happy Valley? No. All right, since you do, I'm going to let you read it. Where okay. is Happy Valley? Uh, less than a mile from uh, my mother's house. Okay. Okay. 
The town of Happy Valley simply disappeared long ago. No one knows for sure whether it was a disease epidemic, hardships from the Great Depression causing folks to move away, or the work of a more sinister force. The land the village once stood on is now the Happy Valley Wildlife Management Area. Hauntings of many different types and UFO activity are said to be reported here regularly. Now, I can't attest to anything actually happening to me there. Mm -hmm. What I can tell you is that uh, right down the road from my mom's house, it was like one half turn and then you're there. Uh, It's a little dirt road that goes into the woods. Now, you go back there. I mean, it's beautiful. There's trees and everything. Uh, it used to be a church. What looked like a church or a schoolhouse. It's now it's since uh, burned down. But when I was younger, it was it was still there, all locked up. You couldn't get in. It was weird, you know. I mean, it, and it looked there was a security camera on it. And, yeah. and there's one thing I can attest to. There's a couple things that I, I can attest to. We'll get back to that one a little farther up. There's also um, a graveyard with uh, graves going back. I want to say the oldest grave I I saw there was like 217 years, wow, and this nice. would have been in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, and, and there was a lot of them. You couldn't read the. Uh, or no, no, it couldn't have been 217. Maybe it was two, uh, 170. I don't know. It was something like that. It couldn't mm-hmm. have been older than the, the country, obviously. But, um, but it, was, it was pretty it, – it was, it was really, really old. It was like over 100 years old going on you know, 200. Now I feel stupid because I'm thinking to myself this country has only been around for, what, 200 years? No, but you can, you can have graves oh, older yeah. than that. Like there's, there's, there's a – out in Connecticut I go to this grave site that has graves from like the 1600s. Like right. they, they can – Okay, People okay. were here. They just weren't Americans yet. Okay, okay. Maybe I'm not stupid. Um, anyway, uh, so th- this this graveyard is is creepy in itself. I mean, not too bad. Uh, here's what gets me about the place. Okay, so they they said you know there used to be a town there, which you can't really see anything anymore. I mean, there's some bodies of water that people say, oh, I see lights over it. You know, there's some creepy bridges and stuff. There are people that were, at least when I was there, who had been buried in that graveyard mm-hmm. as recently as six years from the last time I was there. Mm-hmm. Almost brand new gravestones. Also, creepy old rundown schoolhouse had uh, an alarm on it, which uh, had been tested by myself and friends, like, you know, try to, to open the door. Yeah. About 15 minutes, you know, three state trooper cars or Oswego County Sheriff cars, I'm sorry, um, show up to check it out. Right. And we were always like, this is all abandoned, all just woods. What's in the schoolhouse? Why are people being buried here? I mean, it was just really weird. So like, there was a security camera on the schoolhouse? Like not, not a camera. There was an alarm. There was okay. a little flashing like, light. You could tell there was an alarm system in there. And we couldn't imagine why there would be an alarm system in an old, run-down building. Yeah. You know? Uh, of course, we bandied about ideas like, oh, hey, maybe the town elders are part of a cult or something like that. People right. used to say they'd see rows of torches and hooded figures and all that. I, I never saw any of that. But, I mean, there was evidence there to, to say, hey, you know, there's something weird going on mm-hmm. here, and there's current activity here that you wouldn't expect to find here. Right. We never really found out about it. The schoolhouse burnt down. Uh, now all that's left is a foundation. I think How did it burn down? Was it suspicious? Not sure. Ooh. It just burned down. I mean, it, who, and I don't even know if it's a matter of public record. I mean, it could have burnt down and nobody knew until the next time someone drove down the you know the road because it was uh-huh. back in the woods a little ways yeah. Um, but yeah it's, it's definitely a creepy place and you get the feeling when you're there that you're being watched or and maybe not even that you get the feeling that something's not quite right and that could be completely fabricated by you know my mind having heard stories about Happy Valley growing up um, but I, I would never go there alone but is there still like stuff from the town of Happy Valley like and there's no rubble it's, or anything like that. I mean, I think maybe there was the remains of what looked like a shack back in the yeah, woods, uh-huh. but it was like all all down, like you yeah. couldn't go into it. Yeah. Uh, I never saw anything else back there, but there's a lot of area, and I didn't explore the whole thing. 
I mean, it, it stretches that that wooded area and those trails stretch over. Um, I couldn't even begin to tell you how much. It's basically the space between 104 and 69. Yeah. Which gets bigger the farther away you yeah, get from yeah, the places yeah. where they converge. So, uh, it's a pretty big area. How have I never heard of Happy Valley? I gotta go there. I know. I want to check it out cool. too. Why would there be an alarm on this old schoolhouse? I don't know. Somebody I mean, listening to Geek Pod right now. I mean, we why. we would walk up the se- I, I can I can attest to this. You walk up the steps and the door, and then like inside, there's a little box, a little flashing light, flashing red light. I mm-hmm. mean, maybe it wasn't an alarm, but it was something that didn't belong in a place that looked like nobody had been in it in a hundred years. And how did they get power to this old schoolhouse right. and stuff? What the hell? Now, it, it always struck us as very strange. Oh, I gotta go to Happy Valley, Hugh. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think that's another field trip. Maybe. Because I want to see it. Though, though, I'd be concerned we'd go all the way out there, we'd go up the dirt road, and it'd and be over in like, like 30 minutes. But hey, you know, right. what the hell, why not? We can Google map it. We can like go do the, uh, we can see what's above. Like we'll go oh, satellite really? view. Yeah, we didn't have that back then. Yeah. Oh, no. And that's the beauty of this. It has the coordinates. I don't have them on this because I didn't figure we'd need the coordinates for the recording. No, we're going now. Get in the yes, car. Let's right. go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do we want to stick with Oswego County? Yeah, give me a couple more of Oswego County. All right. Because um, if I'm going to Happy Valley, i got to make a couple other stops. Right. Um, how about the Seneca Hill Ghost? Have you heard about this one? No. She's out on County Route 57, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's an extremely frightened woman in her late 30s running along the road in an old-fashioned nightgown. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah, I have. Go ahead. She has a young girl of about six by the hand, and the child also wears period sleepwear. And as they crest the hill, they disappear. Is there a date on that? There is not on this one. There's one ghost that's like on a specific date. You can see it. I think it's that one. It's off 57. And you go... Down this road, and that's the day you can see her. I remember that one from college because we were coming back from Turning Stone one night, and we're like, "It's the fucking day, dudes! Let's go down the hill!" And we go down the hill. We didn't see anything, right. but it was terrifying. It was still terrifying. Yeah. Is Gray Road on there? Yes, it is. Yeah, well, give me Gray Road. That's the other you got one. Got it. Uh, the Gray Road ghost begins with a legend that those who stop their cars on the railroad tracks will see a ghost coming toward their car. The surrounding woods and swamps are said to be haunted as well. Some folks even claim to have seen the Headless Horseman. Dude, it is creepy. And I did a ghost hunt there. And this goes back to what happens if there's too many people doing ghost hunts. We get off the, we get out of the car, we're on the tracks, we're walking down the gray road tracks, and we see a goddamn light floating in the tracks. We go, we're seeing the ghosts, it's crazy. Get closer, get closer, closer. It's another goddamn ghost hunt group with flashlights. It's another ghost hunt group. We were so stoked. That would have been awesome, too. I know. I, would, I gotta wonder if that whole legend of stopping on the train tracks was just to weed out the idiots. Yeah, who the parked their car on train tracks. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. Um, holy shit. Most of this is Oswego County, actually. Uh, we got Casey's Cottage. Have you heard of that one in Mexico? Mm-mm, no. Casey's Cottage was once the 1906 Mexico Point Clubhouse was renovated into a medieval manor house by Dr. William C. Casey and Severin Bischoff. After Dr. Casey passed away in 78, the cottage was abandoned for years, but has since been restored and can be rented for events. Okay. Um, legend has it that Proud a young... sponsor of pod, a geek pod right. is a cottage you can rent for your weddings or upcoming events. 
Legend has it that a young woman was buried under a tree on the property, and witnesses have seen her apparition and heard her cries for help coming from the area of the lake. Also reported here have been fast-moving apparitions, moving furniture, missing objects that turn up in weird places, orbs, cold spots, disembodied voices, and more. Oh, that's cool. Where's the location on that one? Uh, 120 Mexico Point Drive in Mexico. I would need to look that up. And you said these are all on a website, right? Yes. I need yeah. some drives. Definitely. Then there's Fort Ontario. I'm mm-hmm. right. That's a good one. Is it Fort or Port? Oh, Fort, Fort Ontario. I'm wondering if there's anything on there about... Um, there's a, a property over by uh, Nine Mile. If you're going down 104, you have to take... Uh, heading toward Oswego. There's a... And I, I could... been so long since I've been out there, but mm-hmm. you can make a right and then a left... And uh, there's actually a Wild Audubon Society bird sanctuary, and if you enter the bird sanctuary, you can actually kind of go off the path and get on this property, but there's mm-hmm. also a dead-end road a little farther up. And um, myself and an ex-girlfriend used to, to go out there because we thought mm-hmm. it was really creepy. Um, but there is, it, you basically come to a cliff face, and then you've got Lake Ontario there. Mm-hmm. There's this beautiful, beautiful old house, but nobody seems to live there. Mm-hmm. The grounds are amazing. There's like, um, it, it, it hasn't been, at least when I've been out there last time, it hadn't really been taken care of, but there were like um, standing pools or whatever they call those things, where it's just like, you know, bricks in a pool, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really seem to serve a function. Yeah. Um, there's all these different flowers, and, and somebody took time to really uh, landscape this area. So it was maintained? It, not really maintained, but you right. could still see what had been done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at one point, there is a, um, a bench that faces the on the cliff and faces the lake and there's um near that there's a i don't know if it's a grave or what but there's like a stone that looks like it could be a gravestone and it says there is so much beauty in the world if you just stop to see it and i just don't know if that's an old owner of the property what it was we were never able to find out Mm -hmm. um I know that we looked into it because I was trying to find out if the property was for sale. And I remember I was able to figure out who owned it. And I talked to somebody on the phone. I mean, this is back when I was, you know, teenager, you know, thinking, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you know, I'll just go get a job and buy a house and all that stuff. And, oh, that'd be a great property to own. And the person that I talked to might have been a realty agency just said the person that owns the property doesn't want to talk to anybody. Whoa. And that was it. And it got kind of got shut down, and I couldn't find any more information about it. I'd be surprised if there isn't something connected to that, though. I mean, maybe this has nothing to do with Haunted Oswego. No, but, but it's creepy. That, yeah, this yeah, all this yeah. are creepy shit. I, like. I, I always, I mean, we must have gone on that property 15, 20 times just exploring. we got to Google map that. we got to yes. go above it and see what's over there. I like it. This could turn into a whole thing. This could be like a, we could just branch off and just a whole. I like things. Podcast. Yeah, I like I like doing St- things, stuff and things. I That's like good things stuff. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, do we want to touch on uh, Fort Ontario? Or do we want to move one. out of us? We go. <clears throat> Everybody wants to move out of us. We go. <laughs> I was I, I lobbed that one. I was hoping someone would take it. <laughs> so, that's down on uh, Show Park Road. Yeah, yeah, you, you know where the fort is. You can't miss it. Out there. Uh, several ghosts are believed to reside at Fort Ontario, which was built in 1755. Mm-hmm. One is British Lieutenant Basil Dunbar. Did I do it properly for the whole British sound? Basil? Basil? <laughs> That's where I'd go with Basil? it. Basil? I don't know. Who uh, lost a duel there in 1759. His dazed ghost has been seen, seeming not to realize he is dead. Corporal Fikes died of disease there. And his apparition is paired with a sudden cold temperature. 
A soldier in Civil War blue and a female spirit are said to linger as well, and the sound of a little boy crying and giggling also can be heard. Oh, and there's a note. Be careful when visiting the Post Cemetery at the fort. According to locals, anyone who walks over the grave of George Fikes, who died in 1782, will be haunted forever. But if you jump over it, he'll haunt anyone you choose instead. All right, that's bullshit. That's, I'm not going to buy that one. That sounds like a little game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like an urban legend there. Yeah, there's still a postscript to it. This little ritual is apparently still practiced as visitors often remark about the two bare spots of ground on either side of the grave. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping over the grave. Right. Nice. So, uh, yeah. Now, being a local guy, have you heard more about Fort Ontario, or is that about cover it? I have heard nothing about Fort Ontario really? because you can't really get there after it closes. Like, you can't explore it at night by yourself because there's the houses inside of it and whatnot, so you oh, can't really... Yeah. And it's not the kind of place that, like, you know, Hugh can go discover driving around. You yeah. gotta, it's, like, all blocked off. It's a fort, for God's sakes. Right. Still, seems really cool. It seems like that's a big hotbed of an area for... Yeah, I mean, it, it was a war. It, there was things that happened there. I mean, I, I don't know the history of it, but they have big cannons and stuff that they were shooting at people. Nice. Yeah, well, so it makes sense to you. They kind of damage you. There's a possibility that something's going to stick, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, if that's the uh, the theory that you subscribe to, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, that the whole area, you know, there's war, there's poverty, mm-hmm. bad stuff happens there, and you know, generally, it's accepted that where bad, where lots of bad stuff happens, things do kind of get stuck. Mm-hmm. They kind of hang around. You can't get rid of them. So it's a spiritual nexus point. Mm-hmm. Possibly any ley lines over there? I don't. <laughs> the Oswego ley lines. <laughs> That's probably closer to the college. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Waka. There's plenty of ley lines, Waka Waka. <laughs> See, I, I told you I yeah. stole it from him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to move away from there, and we're going to go to one that you were just at. Yes. Last 13 night. Curves. Yes. So you were down 13 Curves, and you didn't really know much about it. I, I did not, and I did attempt to uh, look it up on my phone. Basically, okay. We, uh, we took a drive last night after getting ice cream. It was mm-hmm. my wife and my four-year-old daughter. And uh, we went to Webster Pond, which we'd never been to before. And then we mm-hmm. just kept going, ended up on the Indian Reservation, which I'd never seen. And um, from all the descriptions of it, I had thought it was like a really depressed area. I had no idea. It was this big, farmy, nice area. I had no idea. Because yeah. I'd never gone there. Me I'd either. been told to stay away from it. Yeah, you know? stay, away, stay off the rails. Yes, yeah, basically. Uh, I mean, you go to the cigarette store, and that's as close as you <laughs> right, ever get right, to right, it. Right, right. Uh, but no, it was a, a beautiful neighborhood like any place else. It's nice houses. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some bad parts, but... Anyway, I was kind of surprised, and we ended up lost, uh, and I didn't want to pull out my GPS because we were just having fun driving around somewhere we hadn't been. And all of a sudden, we've gone through a bunch of curves, and my wife goes, oh, my God, this is 13 curves. And she says, yeah, there's an urban legend about this. We used to try to find it when I was in college, and, of course, I whipped out my phone to go look it up, and there was no service. Oh, So I, I couldn't look anything up. So it's funny that, that he brings this out today. So I'm going to go ahead and read, the, or read this. Read, read this. It. Uh, this is on Cedarville Road, Nedrow, New York. 13 Curves, a.k.a. Cedarville Road, is a no- known for a ghostly, bloody bride. According to her legend, it was more than a century ago when a horrific car accident took the life of a newlywed couple on their wedding night. Did we have cars a century ago? That's what I was just wondering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Model the T. very new car, like the <laughs> newest of cars. Their car veered off the road on one of its 13 curves right into a creek. Both were instantly killed. Now, locals say the ghost of a bride with glowing eyes, sometimes carrying an orange lantern, wanders the road's curves. 
Um, I did not see any ghostly brides. I did not see anywhere that looked like you could go into a creek. It seemed like there were trees lining it, but it was getting dark, so I I might have missed that one spot where that horrific accident took place. I've never been to 13 Curves either, but uh, you hear all the rumors about it. Yeah, supposedly that's one of those that you're supposed to visit at a specific time on Halloween Yeah, one of those date things. I don't know anything about it. I've got friends who said they've driven 13 Curves looking for creepy stuff, but... I think it's just dangerous because it's a curvy road, okay. and you're looking at your phone to see if you're creepy. Yeah. Am, I, so am I the right spot? And then you can mm-hmm. careen off the edge. You know what's right? funny is all these ghosts, they must all get together and, you know, in the afterlife, and they're like, you know, they can't ever throw a Halloween party because they all got to be somewhere else yeah. on Halloween. Every night, every yeah. Halloween night, they got to go to this, oh, i got to be at 13 Curves, I can't tonight. <laughs> now, have you guys heard of uh, Whiskey Hollow Road out in Baldwinsville? Yes, I live near Whiskey Hollow Road. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, this is supposed to be extremely haunted. Down there. It's creepy. It is creepy. So you've been up there with the cave and the, the, the spring? No. I, I know where Whiskey Hollow Road is because it's like a way to cut through to go over to where I live. But I I didn't ever know it was creepy or haunted or anything. I want to hear about this cave. <clears throat> yes. And this, I, I can also attest to I've been to the cave. It is really weird in there. There's uh, all sorts of graffiti in there. There's supposedly have been rituals performed in there. One of the comments on this because there was a whole comment section for all of these. Um, one guy insists that he went in there and there were a bunch of black candles and a leather-bound tome left in there. Oh, boy. So, but their write-up says, <laughs> uh, Whiskey Hollow Road is a dark forest road about five miles long that has many urban legends attached to it, including that of a satanic rituals, KKK practices, and ghosts. Okay, how do you... Dis- like, how do you... Discern between if they're a KKK or a ghost. Because I don't know. The look for feet. Look. Yeah, look for feet. He's right. <laughs> I'm this not going to be stopping to look for feet. This is the kind of rumor, too, that, that Hugh's talking about. How, like, anytime there's something creepy, the neighborhood kids are like, oh, dude, satanic rituals up there. No, they have had a cult. There's a cult with torches. Yep, I know yep. that happens. Yeah. I don't think that Central New York is just that interesting. I don't think we've gotten cults and torches. No. No. Um, one local legend says a man and his wife are two of the ghosts that roam those parts. The man was wrongly convicted of a murder and was imprisoned in a shack along the road to await his corporal punishment. The man died in the shack before the punishment was carried out and his grief-stricken wife hung herself on a nearby tree. On top of the ridge above the cave is a trail that passes through two large pine trees and into a clearing with a large oak tree on the right. There's always a campfire spot there, regardless of time of year, whether anyone should have been there or not. And the reports of a small cabin has been found up there with a trap door and a cellar concealed below it. <laughs> what? And you've seen this? I haven't seen that. I've, yeah. I've been to the cave. Mm-hmm. Like, because my folks, we grew up out in the, the sticks, almost in the weed sport. And that, yeah. that weird spot between Jordan and weed sport. And our water was terrible, so... There's a spring right up there mm-hmm. that you can go to, and they used to fill water there. And, you know, they figured, you know, five, six-year-old, go play in the creepy dark cave yeah, while we're go. filling water. <laughs> so, yeah, I haven't been up there in years. Um, I do remember a year or so ago, a group of Baldwinsville um, graduates mm-hmm. were trying to film a movie there. Oh. So that's that's also something that this was at 1 o'clock this morning. I remembered this, and I was like, oh, we should reach out to them. Well, it's a little late for that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, That's an interesting follow-up if they're trying yeah. to shoot a movie over there. So, I mean, and this one had a ton of responses under it about 
people confirming like experiences there. Mm-hmm. There's one where um, a woman was saying that they use that road, like you were saying, as a cut across, and going through the area, she felt someone pull her hair hard to the point where she veered her vehicle. I've heard that too. I've heard yes. that. I've heard somebody say they've been driving around there and had their in their car, like had yes. somebody push them in their car. I've heard that. It reminded Ooh. me of that. Yeah, she she says that like her husband was with her. And the kids were in the back seat of a minivan, but they were in the way back, so no one could actually grab a hold of her hair, she says. But she said it was to the point where they yanked so hard that she course corrected right. off and on. But Wow. So I'm just still stuck in the cabin with a trap door. I'm thinking I'll swallow your soul. I mean, man. Yeah. That's that's some evil dead shit right there. I wanna see it. I mean I, I I'd really like still to there? do this. Do they say it's still there and the Sight? The one where they were referencing the trap door and everything, mm-hmm. the the post was from 2015. Oh, wow. This is probably still there. That that, that sounds like our, our our most interesting one if we want to check something out. Um, I, I almost feel like that might be a check it out in the day first. Yes. And then decide if you want to go back at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd also rather not just take a, a trail through the woods in the dark without knowing where the fuck we're going. Yeah, we have to see what's happening around you first, right? And now, this last one on, on my list, I, I do have one from Utica, because I know you guys do a lot of stuff in Utica, well, too. Of course, yeah. Yeah, actually, I'll, give you that one. I'll let you sure. read that one so you can be on that. But this one, from Elbridge, New York, I do have experience with. Uh, this is the Wayside Irish Pub. Mm-hmm. And I, I know it already sounds funny, because, you know, a haunted bar. Uh, here you may see the ghost of a soldier from the Revolutionary War who haunts the second floor, or the friendly spirit of a traveler nicknamed George, who once had a heart attack on either the second or third floor. Now, that's, this was a big thing, supposedly, on stormy nights. You can see things happening on the third floor. Mm-hmm. I've researched this place on many occasions. Yeah. Um, I've definitely heard shuffling from upstairs in the bar when we were in there. And, yes, I've been there in, in quieter times in the bar. Like, we used to have to go in for functions and stuff. Um, but the, the third floor's closed? Like, there's nothing yes, up there? You're, okay. no one is allowed up there. I, I think it's used as storage right. like for the bar itself. Now... I did have a lot of horrifying experiences in there with um, some really creepy characters. Um, I like to call them members of my graduating high school class. Yeah, well, sure, right, <laughs> right. It's the only one I Again, one thirty this morning I wrote that joke, so I apologize. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, um, I just wanted to add there, because you talked about a, a whole movie uh, about the whole Whiskey, Whiskey Hollow thing. Hollow, yes. uh, I completely slipped my mind. Um, there was a local uh, film crew making uh, a movie called The Happy Valley Incident. They were filming in there. Uh, I was friends with them on Facebook. Uh, it, it seems like production has stalled. Mm. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened there. They kind of stopped talking about it, but uh, would be something worthy uh, of, of looking into and maybe reporting back on the podcast. We've given ourselves a lot of homework yes. after today's episode to keep uh, And the beauty of it, being a guest, you can be like, screw you guys. Yeah, I got fun about this. Yeah. No, no. Because no, I, I know myself, and I know I'm going to go home and obsessively search for Happy Valley stories. And the creepy whiskey hollow stories. I know. I know what I'm going to be doing today. So, do we need to apologize formally to your wife now? She, if I'm quiet, she's happy. <laughs> if I'm, if I'm just leaving her alone and not yelling at anybody, she's happy. Perfect. Yeah, the Stanley Theater. It's uh, built in the late 1920s. There's a movie palace. Witnesses say that they have heard footsteps and seen shadows and apparitions on stage in the balcony area. Legend has it that one seat or a row of seats remains unsold. To leave room for the theater's ghosts. Well, that's just bad business. 
<laughs> reports from people who have sat in the seats reserved for ghosts have felt something icy cold sit on them or try to push them out of the seat. There are also ghosts in the ladies' room, witnesses say. Ghosts. Yeah, in, in Utica yeah. I've seen some ghosty-looking women walking around the <laughs> ladies' room, so don't worry about it. Um, so do you know that area at all, wherever that... That's Stanley, going? yeah, we're doing a concert there with Hailstorm in uh, October. Oh, it's across the street from where our studios are in Utica, so I look at it all the time. Perfect. So and it's, it's creepy. That's uh, Lita Ford and Hailstorm, right? Lita Ford, Hailstorm, yeah, and this band Dorothy. But that's, nice. yeah... That's a creepy little room. And the Hotel Utica is right there, which is also creepy. I've stayed in that. I think that's just creepy because it's Utica, but it's, it's, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, my only Utica story I have personally is when we were doing construction. We were working on the Walmart out there, mm-hmm. and um, we had to evacuate the entire Walmart parking lot because the police found an abandoned car with a... Um, dead body in the back. Oh, yeah. damn. Yeah, like, and we're talking like, like mob, like... Like mm-hmm. due to the head, like dead body. So that's oh, that's all that's I got. That's creepy. Yeah. Well, that and then the concrete crew was creepy anyway. But <laughs> that was just uh, awesome. Right, so. sure. I don't know. I stay away from Utica. I've told you my Utica story. I have. No? Well, I want to hear it. Okay. Um, year, years ago, me there. <laughs> my, myself and um, uh, my bass player in the band I was in at the mm-hmm. time uh, went out there to see um, Rob Zombie yeah. play at the Utica Odd. Yeah. And we got there really early. And. We decided, you know what, it's early. We don't want to spend, you know, 10 bucks a beer. Let's walk down, find a bar, have a few drinks before, you know, we have to get in line for the concert. So we come out of the parking lot and make a right, okay? Now, I don't remember this, you know, incredibly well, but if you know the area, maybe you do. Walk down till we found a bar. Mm-hmm. We walk in. Now, it's a really narrow place, you know, like those places where instead of being big, they're really narrow and they fit several places in yeah. each building. We walk in, and there's a, a bar full of black people. Mm-hmm. Now, just so you know, you don't know. I'm married to a black woman, so mm-hmm. there's no racism or anything. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, there. But we walk in, bar full of black people. <laughs> Bartender looks at us and goes, "We turn around and walk out," <laughs> and went back to the, the oh. auditorium because we're just like, "Okay, you know, what two white guys from Oswego County yeah. walk into this bar. We're just like, yep, we're gone." Uh, that was the last time I went to Utica on purpose for anything. There is a really cool bar, though, that reminds me of it, that I've, I've talked about. It's called Gerber's. That I guess the story behind it is, and I only know about it because I got blackout drunk on Jameson there one night. This guy, Ger- Mr. Gerber, it was a feed store when the canal ran, I guess, right in front of it. It was a feed store, and then they paved over the canal, and it became a bar in like the 30s or 40s, and then in like the late 60s, early 70s, whenever it was... He just literally left it. He goes, all right, I'm done with this. Closes it up. In 2016, like a few months ago, this guy buys the building, opens it up. It's a time capsule. Like he literally walked away from it. It was pictures of his family were hanging up there from like the 40s. It was all these old LPs from like the 40s. And he just opened it up and made it meet current requirements for like liquor laws and you can drink there. Like, the bar is slanted. It's wow. really cool. It's really cool. But I bet there's some shit that goes down in there, too. Oh, I bet. Yeah, it's like been around since the 1800s, that, that building. I just realized I went like this. And no one else could. Yeah. No, nobody has any idea what I was saying because it was the theater of the, uh, the mind. Oh, good the point. He pointed, folks. Yes, yes. The bartender, the bartender looked pointed. at us and pointed at the door for us to leave. Okay, now that story is going to make worse, and neither we did in, I. We were in such a good conversation, I didn't even realize that nobody would know what you're talking about. <laughs>
We usually pick up on that. Yeah, too. I'm glad I caught it before we ended the show because I I would have felt stupid. What the hell did he? What happened in the bar? You just right. said that yeah. the bartender went like this. <laughs> what? What like this? What did he do? I think he almost should have just left it at yeah. that and let <laughs> them like make up what they thought it was. Oh. I mean, I could see Laura turning it into something really awful. I can never yeah. tell you what the bartender did that day. <laughs> Well, he stuck his fingers in his mouth. Yeah. And <laughs> and what was underneath his skin was too mm-hmm. horrible for the mind to conceive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, Josh, if you'll allow us to, we're going to get kind of nerdy with comic books for a minute. Please. Because we are going to roll into the GeekPod Book Club. Well, I have something this week. Uh, first of all, if you haven't read it, go check out um, The Dark Knight, uh, The Last Crusade. Uh, came out this week. It's one of those uh, spinoffs from the, the Dark Knight 3. Uh, which has been uneven in terms of quality if you're, you're following it. Good book. I don't want to get into it, but it's a nice, very, I don't know if they're continuing it, but it seemed very self-contained. Um, my recommendation for this week, though, is I'm going to eat crow now. I am going to recommend a book that I made fun of when we first heard about it. Believe it or not, Scooby-Doo Apocalypse oh is... Oh, my God. Dude, dude here, here's the thing. I know we. I picked on the fact that you know it looked stupid. The redesign of all the characters. It's actually a pretty interesting story. Uh, I read the first issue just for shits and giggles because I made fun of it. I'm like, well, you know, if I'm going to pick on it, just with knowing nothing about it, I've got to at least check it out. I was actually surprised. It's a it's a good book. The second issue came out this week. Um, I'm going to keep going with it for now. Uh, everything makes sense in the world they've created. I'm um, taking familiar concepts and giving them a modern spin. I'm not saying that I still don't think the Scooby-Doo didn't need to be updated, but I can't fault it for, for bad writing, bad artwork, um, bad logic. It, it's a well-written comic book. Um, worth checking out and seeing if it's your thing. I mean, it's never going to replace Scooby-Doo in my mind, what it should be, but it, it's my criticism of it was undeserved. I, I, it's like I don't even know you anymore. I'm interested. I don't even read comics, and I'm interested in this. Uh, ba- I love Scooby-Doo. Basically... Um, DC has done a redesign of a bunch of Hanna-Barbera's characters in creating comic books. So in Scooby-Doo, the new Scooby-Doo, um, Shaggy is a tattooed um, uh, hipster. Uh, hipster. Uh, Daphne is the uh, reality television star. Fred's her cameraman. Velma's a scientist. They all have like these crazy weapons and technology. Scooby is part of a, an experiment where he has like this piece of equipment on his his this face. Awesome. I mean, it's it's but it, it's when it, we first saw the the redesigns, I was like. You know, WTF. Yeah, why? I mean, yeah, why do you have to change? You know, Scooby-Doo is classic. It's great on its own. It, they're going to make it stupid. And then when I actually go and read the book, I'm like, this actually isn't a bad book. Mm-hmm. I hate you because now I have to read it. Y- y- you do because I, I'm really surprised. Uh, they, they made some smart decisions, and it, it's a good book. I see you holding a giant tablet here. Do you read on your tablet or do you I go do, by actual? I, I do most of my reading on my tablet. Yeah. Unless there's, there's something I want to own. Like, you know, recently Punisher number 1. Um, I pick that up because I, you know, it's a number one and it gets a, kind of a big deal. I, I get those, um, but like I'm thinking about buying all the Hellraisers after, you know, I read them. I uh, picked up uh, some of them at uh, Ollie's because they had uh, a bunch of them at Ollie's and there were a couple of newer issues that I mm-hmm. had to get digitally. But now I want to go buy the whole series so I can have the collection. Because I, I want to get into reading books on my tablet and like comics on my tablets and I didn't know if you guys being the experts like still like approved of that. I wanted to... Like, I'll go look at the Scooby-Doo, apo- it's got Scooby-Doo Apocalypse. Yeah, Apocalypse. Apocalypse, I'll go read that on my tablet. Uh, a lot of stuff, too, if you want stuff current, and most of it comes out day and date now. 
Um, yeah. Sometimes you have to, you know, if, if there's usually something that isn't going to come out day and date, it seems like every week, but most stuff can be gotten the same day it comes out um, in paper format. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some people have strong feelings about that, like, you know, your friend Jeff, our friend Jeff. Yeah. Uh, you know, he thinks comics Age or something. With yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, there's. There's reasons for it, like I've explained to mine. Um, I've lost my comic collection three times. Yeah. Uh, heartbreaking each time. Um, decided I couldn't do it and wanted to move forward with enjoying the stories rather than buying something that will eventually end up being destroyed or stolen or something like right, that. Right, and right. you know, I just it, I couldn't I couldn't take that again. Yeah. After the last time. Um, so I think that it's okay uh, for the purpose of enjoying the stories. Uh, I think that. You can't forget there is something about holding a book in your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I got those uh, trade paperbacks of the Hellraiser series. Yeah. I mean, that, that was great reading those because I don't very often have a physical book in my hand. It's not very – I mean, I try to make a point. We do a live event. I'll buy a comic from Jeff just because we're there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's supporting us by having us there. I want to support the store even though I'm sure my $4 doesn't make <laughs> or break them. Right. Uh, it's, it's because I feel like it's the right thing to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, anyway, I mean, you might be the kind of person who isn't going to read unless you do it digitally, Yeah, you know, because that's your thing. You're, you're into technology. I think getting anybody to read comics in whatever medium should right. be our goal, regardless of how you feel about the medium, because the day that you can sit down and have a conversation with us at cloud city about what's going on in Scooby apocalypse or whatever yeah, you're reading, yeah, yeah. that's a win for all of us. Yeah. Because I just don't have the time to get to a comic shop and I, you know, I, I've gone to Jeff's place a bunch of times. To buy stuff, but not comics. So if I can just do it as like subscription based, right? Like you can get a subscription, or you can buy 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 issue per issue. Buy yeah, issues. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, he's, he means like the pull box. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's it's issue. Yeah. And it drops in there. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a Comicsology. There's what else is there? I, there? There's a bunch of them. I mean, mm-hmm. we can talk to you about it after the show if you yeah, want to get yourself yeah. set up. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not difficult. You can buy single issues from iTunes from the Google Play Store from apps specifically set up for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a plethora of options right now if you want to get that kind of content. Cool. And I kind of I'm split down the middle. I still I'm at Jeff's Weekly because I have my core books that are like my absolute favorites. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking with uh, AJ. Yeah. We were texting back and forth. I should have been driving down the road. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got my core ones that I'm really into that I will buy physical copies of. But there's mm-hmm. a ton more that like if it's just something like a one-off I want to read. I go digital. Yeah. I, I sit in my daughter's room because she still needs help going to sleep at night, and that's what I do. Just comics on the iPad. Yeah, that sounds awesome. It is. Right. It's nice. I derailed you. Sorry. Go ahead. That's all right. <laughs> there, there was no rail to begin all right. with. <laughs> Were you done with that? I am that's done stupid. with that. Even though you seem to be very disappointed in me. I am, but now I have to try it. This is going to be just like the whole Spider-Man Deadpool thing all over again. When you said it was good and I refused to believe it and then I read it and told you to fuck off that night because I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking it up right now over here as you guys do your comics. <laughs> Perfect. Now, my recommendation is a couple weeks old at this point, uh, but it was so good I had to talk about it. DC Universe Rebirth number one. I'm sure you've read it too. Um, I have. And correct me if I'm wrong in my opinions here. Uh, it was an amazing story that really drew me in. I had all but stopped reading any DC books at all. We, we know that's true. Yeah. And, uh, and now I'm super, super interested in this unfolding story. And uh, it was great to see the original Wally West back. And come on, tell me you didn't get misty at the reunion between Barry and uh, Wally. Uh, you know, at, at that point where Barry says Wally and reaches out and grabs him, and I'm not even that invested in the history of Flash, so mm-hmm. Wally West I'm not super familiar with. But that moment 
was like a recognition of all the DC history we lost when the New 52 started. And because I didn't know what Rebirth, uh, we've talked about how we didn't know what Rebirth was going to be. Is it going to be another stupid reboot? And at that moment, I realized that they are now connecting the, the current iteration of the DC universe with everything that came before the New 52. And it gave me hope that maybe they're going to make up for the missteps that they made. Maybe they did listen to the fans and they realized that you cannot jettison. 50 years of history to take Superman's underpants away. Yes. You can't forget all, all these stories that happened that built your characters just so you can sell more books or toys because you're going to alienate a, a segment of your audience that's like, but I don't want it to start over. Um, go on. No, that's, I mean, that, that was my big thing with it. I mean, I've even gone back to the Green Lanterns now and I realize I've been gone so fucking long I have no idea what's going on. There's all these new characters who have apparently been a thing now that... No clue. Well, some of the other titles that spun out of that... I mean, I checked out Flash Rebirth and... Which uh, was fantastic. Yeah, you know, which I wouldn't normally read a Flash comic. Um, but they, they, this this is going in a good direction. I want to I wanna see where it goes. Uh, not unhappy about the state of DC right now. I mean, I'm excited about it for the first time in a long time. No, I saw an interesting thing come up on Facebook yesterday. With them incorporating Watchmen into the DC proper now, does that mean that the movie is considered part of the DCEU? I think we'll find out. Um, yeah, I guess it would have to be. I saw something, too, about some people saying, did Dr. Manhattan create the DC Universe? Which is also uh, an interesting concept, and Josh is, well, I'm sorry that you're lost. <laughs> No, I'm, uh, I know. Keep going. This is your show. I'm listening. Uh, well, basically, have you ever seen the movie The Watchmen? Yes. Zack Snyder? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Watchmen was published by a DC imprint, but it's never really been part of the DC universe. It mm -hmm. was just their, their Vertigo imprint, I believe, and it was just kind of off here. They did mm -hmm. their own thing. It was a classic piece of work. Actually, that was pre-Vertigo. Pre-Vertigo? Yes. Okay. They've now folded Watchmen into the DC universe mm -hmm. with uh, what looks to be Dr. Manhattan, the big blue guy with the yeah. floppy blue dong. <laughs> uh, may, have, may have created the DC universe and may have been manipulating things for mm -hmm. a very long time. Um, and Batman finding the comedian smiley face button embedded right, in the Batcave right. wall and he's investigating that. Uh, it's interesting because they're two properties that really had nothing to do with each other right. for a long time. But it it's also makes sense that a character like Dr. Manhattan with that kind of power could have made universe changing um, changes changing changes <laughs> I am on a roll that's right uh, I, I, a character with that kind of power could have done done a lot of things like that could have changed the DC universe because uh, five years ago they did a reboot they start called it the new 52 and basically they took all the DC characters and said everything that's happened before the, uh, these superheroes have only been around for five years. Mm -hmm. Batman hasn't met the, the Justice League yet. Superman is still early on learning how to do stuff. Mm -hmm. And they basically jettisoned a whole mess of history. Mm -hmm. Now, they did that because uh, when you have a comic book run for 50 years, you make some boneheaded decisions and continuity gets messed up. Right. And you can't do this because it goes against this. And, oh, my right. God, can we just write stories? Right. It made sense. But they got rid of too much. They lost the legacy. They lost, you know, Batman and Superman's friendship. The reason that, you know, the Justice League is such a... Um, a beacon of hope because mm -hmm. of what they stand for. They, they lost all of that. And now they're trying to, to bring it back. And part of the idea of rebirth is that um, 
there are 10 years missing from the DC universe. That's why the Flash didn't remember Wally West. This character we're talking about was from pre-New 52, mm -hmm. and he's been lost in the Speed Force or somewhere or somewhere, you know, and he's seen that he, he's basically disappearing. He's been trying to reach right. out for the past five years. Right. He finally makes contact. Nobody, his wife doesn't know who he is. Nobody remembers him, and somehow when he appears to the Flash, the Flash... Right as he's about to disappear, because the Flash is acting like, I don't know who you are, he, he remembers his Wally grabs him, mm -hmm. that pulls him back into the universe right before he disappears. And suddenly all of Flash's memories come back. He's like, this is my, my wife's nephew, nephew or my nephew. How did I forget all of this stuff? Right. And realizes there's a ton of history missing. Right. Um, and th this is now the story that, you know, is Dr. Manhattan behind probably the best bits of the old DC universe being wiped off the slate. It's a little complicated, but there was no way to fix this without it being complicated. Mm -hmm. uh, so much potential with this story. Yeah, it's it's exciting. And, I mean, you got things like, okay, Doomsday killed Superman, and now in the New 52, Doomsday is a chump. Mm -hmm. You know, really, you know, he doesn't. It, it's like they lost the really big touchstones, and they're bringing that back. And it's a good time to jump into uh, DC if you've ever wanted to, because it, it's a great starting point. Because things are starting over and kind of starting over. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're fixing the the. They wiped the whole slate clean, but now they're going to kind of reference all that stuff. They're, they're, they're yeah. patching it back together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the thing I'm most excited about is you know the actual Superman being back. The real Superman. Yes. Yeah. Underwear Superman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, uh, the, the new 52 Superman um, just recently died. And mm -hmm. what we discovered is uh, they did an event um, last year where they basically showed that there's a multiverse and the original universe was still there. It almost seemed like it was like, hey, guys, listen, those characters are still out there. It's just a different universe. At the ending of that story, the original Superman, who's married to Lois Lane and has right. a kid, um, as they're closing all the doors to the universes, ends up staying in the current universe. But he decides, you know what, I'm going to let this, this universe of Superman do his thing. I'm going to stay in hiding, help where I can. Um, which has been really interesting because this is the Superman that we grew up with all these years. Um, the new 52 universe of Superman has just died. Mm -hmm. Like, really died. He's done. He's gone. And the original Superman now has to step up in this new universe and be Superman. Um, that's a really interesting story. And again, I've talked about how I never really liked Superman. Not my thing. This is good. This is good stuff. Interesting. See, I still haven't given that a chance yet. Well, what hooked me was they did a little miniseries sort of thing where it's about the original Superman and his wife and them doing their own little thing trying to stay off the radar. And it was like, wow, yeah, this is – Superman got married. Mm -hmm. You know, he had that long relationship and courtship with Lois Lane, revealed himself. That all happened. He died and came back. I remember that. I was reading comics then. It was so weird for all of that to be invalidated by the New 52. And then you have this little microcosm of, yeah, they're still there. They're in the universe. Didn't realize this is what was going to happen, that he was going to become Superman. But uh, it, it was it was a very intimate book. Mm -hmm. It was more about the relationship with him and his wife and his son, worried about whether their son's ever going to manifest powers. You know, it was kind of like what makes The Walking Dead isn't the zombies but the people. Same right. kind of thing. What made um, Lois and Clark great uh, was it was about the relationship between Clark and Lois and their son, right. not about supervillains. Right. I've talked enough, though. <laughs> All right. This is your segment on Rebirth number one. No, I'm done with it. That's, you took it and ran with it. I appreciate it. Um, just phenomenal, phenomenal story. Go out and buy it from... Cloud City Comics and Toys in the Shopping Town Mall. See, we got it down now. That's it. I'm pointing at you like a, an angry bartender. You're great, yes. You're an angry, angry Utica bartender. All right, what else have you got for us? 
Uh, well, uh, I do have a take my money this week, uh, which kind of uh, goes back to uh, this might be something we'd find in that creepy cabin in the woods with the trap door in the, the floor because they are making an Evil Dead 2 board game. Now, there's not a lot of details. It's being kickstarted. It probably won't actually ever happen like most things that are kickstarted. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, with the resurgence and uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead, you know, uh, doing really well and getting renewed for a second season. I mean, what the hell? An Evil Dead 2 board game? I mean, there are worse things that could happen. Uh, I think that'd be kind of fun to play or at least check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you're an Evil Dead fan. I'm aware of it. It's not really in my world, but I mean, I know of it. I, I know of the and the fandom around it. What are they What are they charging for the board game on Kickstarter? I didn't even yeah. look that far. It was one of those things where I saw the news item in passing, you know, threw it on Evernote because yeah. I wanted to d- come back to it and haven't had a chance because, yeah. you know, life. Yeah, yeah, gets in the way. But you're down to buy it already. Right. I, I'm, I'm down to look at it. Right. <laughs> I don't know if I want to give him my money yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I mean, that's that's all I have. It is the 200th anniversary of Frankenstein, though, if you didn't know that. Not I the movie, not but the book, the book Mary Shelley's Mary book, um, which is just awesome. I mean, if you don't know why that's awesome, then fuck you. <laughs> um, don't really have anything else to say there. <laughs> one, one last thing I want to I wanna, um, put out there is friend of uh, the family. Family being the show, show being Geek Pod, you, you know we're going with that. Um, John Ginty, he's currently filming uh, from Dust. Really happening around town? I guess uh, yesterday they were on Pete Street. He uh, had a call out for a bunch of extras. They needed to do a, a busy street scene. Um, naturally, every time he he has one of these call outs for extras, I can't get away because we all know that I'm a big old me monster. Nice. Yeah. See. Nice. And. Uh, <laughs> I would love to, you know, put my fat ass in front of the camera wearing the Geek Pod shirt, kind of get some guerrilla advertising out there for us. But didn't but, happen. Wasn't meant to be. No, it's always when I'm working, or I'm supposed to be watching. How the dare kids. he work while you're working? I know. Does he not know how this works? So. Call ahead. <laughs> give, a, give a warning. All right, uh, I think we're getting close to wrapping this up. Josh, tell everybody where they can find you. Of all of your projects. Uh, Twitter is K Rock Josh. Instagram is K Rock Josh. Everything's K Rock Josh. And then uh, uh, the website is theshow.fm or krock.com. That'll link you to all the iTunes of separate podcasts that we've talked about and the actual show itself and et cetera, et cetera. Yes. And if I haven't said it enough, please tune in every morning from. Six, six to nine. Six to nine, but then it also it's on demand by noon every day. You can get every show on demand. In and it's apparently on Saturdays too. It's on, it's I was on, listening to it on the way here. And then the backwash is on Saturdays from 6 to 9. It's all that that week's clips that we air throughout uh, on Saturday morning. And everything's up on iTunes. If you want just a quick hit of the show, we do a fast cast every day. So it's I'll just take two or three segments from that show, and I'll put it in iTunes for like 20 minutes. So if you don't want the full two hours, you just get 20 minutes on your way home or whatever. You can also do it that way. Nice. And, uh, oh, we haven't even touched on your Sunday brunch. Sunday brunch is out every Sunday. That is a... Uh, Uncensored podcast that we do it, uh, that we mic each other up and we have a meal and we that's usually where the weirdest conversations happen so we re- record that and I cut it down to 30 minutes and you can listen to that same spots look at this it takes me a week and a half to get a single episode out and he's blowing shit out in like 20 minutes yeah so and boom 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 well it helps when your equipment works now, now it does now yes. you're locked and loaded Paul <laughs> right I also have a public service announcement this week I would like to warn people about the dangers of something very specific, something you'll be running into a whole lot over the summer. Paul's got a quizzical look on his face. Because I wasn't apprised of this at all. I would like to warn you about the dangers of tinfoil. 
Now, it is the time of year where we're going to be grilling, mm -hmm. cooking a lot of stuff outside, tinfoil dinners, wrapping stuff up, keeping it warm. There's all sorts of things you can do with it. Now, I ran into a situation yesterday, and I did not realize that tinfoil is also dangerous. Now, to frame this and put it in perspective, um, I am a rather accomplished cook. You know, I've done a lot of cooking in a lot of restaurants and mm -hmm. at home and things like that. I've used tinfoil for so many things. I remember making a pipe out of tinfoil when right. I was in high school, okay? Right, right. I mean, I had a, the, the wilderness years where I was drunk most of the time. I'm sure I've touched myself with tinfoil, sure, you know? Sure. I mean, I've never had an issue with it, all right? And now you've got to, now something has changed? Something has happened. Yesterday, I was putting together a little packet of vegetables to throw on the grill. And you know, you make a packet, you know, spray, put stuff in there, mm -hmm. fold it over. I'm folding it over once, fold it over twice. Cut my finger. On tinfoil. On tinfoil. Wait, time out. Are you sure you weren't making a hat? I'm positive I wasn't <laughs> making a hat. Though this would have been the show for that. Well, no, no, no. The conspiracy theory shows would have been the show yes. for that. Um, but now it doesn't look that bad. It's actually, you know, not not a horrible, horrible cut. Something that's been so nice to you all these years has turned on. It, it, it's it's like I was bit by yeah. by my favorite kitchen tool. I mean, I've used it for so many things. I didn't even know that it was possible. It happened. I'm like, huh? There's blood, blood on the on the tinfoil. I'm looking around. I'm like, blinking. Oh no! Like, did that actually happen? Oh. And it did. So please, when you're, you're out there cooking for your family, your friends, you know, whatever you're doing, be careful because tinfoil can be dangerous. That's an important PSA. I would yes, have never it thought it could injure me, but I, come to find I, I'm out. I'm with you. I'm with you, man. Right. So now we should like, be wearing protective gloves. We really shit, should. Right? We really should. Yeah. You, you got to have special tinfoil gloves. Not tinfoil gloves, because that would be dangerous, we're too. We're going to outlaw tinfoil soon. I yes. I think we need to. We need to we take need the tinfoil away. legislation. We do. And I need to be able to... Get rid of tinfoil. Ban tinfoil. I've had enough of it. Hashtag no tinfoil. <laughs> and that's how bad things happen in this country. Mm -hmm. Now, I always end the show with a WTF file. Okay. I, have a, I, I think I have a decent one here today. It's something that could also double for another segment that we don't do anymore. Uh, this could double for an IT geek segment as well. Okay. Uh, last Thursday at work, I got a call from a word processor. She's in a panic. Her computer all locked up. Can't get it to do anything. Mm -hmm. She's been working on this word document all day, and now no touchy-touchy. So I'm trying to see what the issue is. I'm clicking around and looking for issues. Nothing seems out of place. Then I look at the resource usage. She's spiking. Her CPU's redlined. Sure. So I start reading through her active program list, all the usual stuff's working. Nothing that would eat that much juice and then I stumble across something called Felix. It's odd. I click black click back over to the desktop. Everything is still locked up. She got Google up on her screen. That seems to be working. The stupid Google Doodle cat's wandering around the screen. I'm getting irritated that I can't figure this out. Finally blurted out, what the heck is Felix? The user says, Oh, all matter of factly, that's my cat. I'm like, no. I chuckled, no. I mean on the computer. She shouts back, Yeah, it's my cat. Right there. She points at the dumb cat wandering on Google. I'm fucking stunned. I said, you have a virtual cat? Yeah. On your firm computer? Yes. Why? He's cute. I fly in on a rational rage. End the program. I killed Felix, okay? And the computer frees up. What the fuck, okay? This is a real Microsoft program you can install. 
onto your computer for absolutely no purpose. It is a fucking virtual cat, literally. It just pops onto your screen, comes down, dances around all mamby-pamby, will put its paws on your screen. No purpose for this fucking thing. Mm -hmm. This has been ongoing. Like, every time she gets a new computer or image, she insists that it gets put back on her computer. So, I go into IT after I've, you know, euthanized Felix. And lose my shit to my coworkers. End of story. We go home. Interesting postscript to that story. I get to work the next day and log onto my computer, and what the fuck is staring me in the face? Fucking Felix. <laughs> Felix. God damn Felix. My kids so, have Felix on their iPad. That's like a cat. Yes. Oh, this Felix is the cat. a thing everybody knows about. That fucking thing, and I hate it. It sucks. The app sucks, and I can imagine it would if you had it on the on your desktop, it would just completely destroy your computer. Yeah. And the ghost of Felix came back to get you. Okay, well, I, I know exactly who put Felix on oh. my computer. But, yeah, so what oh. the fuck? <laughs> you, you know, you know, Paul, um, if I happen to have a story, not meaning to upstage you or anything, would you want me to tell it or wait till Please I get the mic Please do. Okay. Um, this falls under WTF files, and then I promise I'll be done, because it also goes with the creepy shit we were talking about oh. today. This is, this is good. So... I have to be careful how much information I give away because I don't want to give out um, proprietary information uh, mm -hmm. about my job. But um, as you know, I, I work for Rev. You know, we, we, I support a company that makes uh, captions, transcripts, things like that. Sure. I'm part of their, uh, their tech support. Our support for customers and the, uh, the people who work there. And we ran across a, uh, a file this week. Now, I'm not going to say too much about this file, but it was a, uh, I think it was a transcription. I'm not sure. Um, but in this file, there are um, there's people talking, and the customer ordered a transcript of this. It seems to be some kind of a legal thing. The order came from a law firm, so and we get a lot of that, you know, uh, you know, depositions and interviews and things like that that are going to be used in court cases. Mm -hmm. Well, um, the person working on it had um, contacted us about an issue they were having, a technical issue. With, um, I don't know if it was with our system or what, but they also said, take a look at you know, ten minutes, forty six seconds. So this, um, the person who got that, that message um, shared it with the rest of us. We all um, took a look at it. So here you are watching these people talking about something that I can't talk about, but it's in a legal proceeding. It looks like it's a camera that's up on the ceiling. It doesn't yeah, look yeah, like yeah. it's not produced. It was like this camera's fixed here all the time. Right. They're talking back and forth, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden at 10 minutes and 50, uh, 56 seconds, there's a disembodied voice that sounds like it's directly on the feed. This is not being recorded from audio that's coming from 12 feet away. At ground level, it sounds like it's directly on the recording. It says, "I see you." Yeah. Duh. And that's it. That's and that's it. it. What the fuck? Yeah. That's messed up. You win. Does somebody uh, have access to like the feed or something? We don't know. We can't really reach out to the customer and ask. We don't yeah. know if they know. I mean, it'd be kind of inappropriate. I, maybe it's me. I don't know. Um, and so, I mean, I got to be careful about how much I because we have you know NDAs and stuff like that. Right. I don't think I crossed any lines here. No, I was very vague about stuff. Oh yeah. Um, but but holy crap! I mean, I that's see creepy. You. We're, we're we're talking like. Like, first of all, the person working on this must have shit their pants when that oh, happened. Oh my god! <laughs> Second of all. Um, we're all wondering, is this like the ring? Are we going to die in seven days? Oh, no. Totally, totally freaky. Uh, that definitely was, what the fuck? Yeah. So the, the, the client who, who, was, who you were transcribing, they didn't hear it. 
I, I don't know. I mean, they may not even have watched the whole thing. They don't thing. even know it's even on there. Yeah, and they may have just like submitted it's your obligation to, us. to call and say, "Dude, there's a weird goddamn voice on this recording." I said, "I see you." You uh, <laughs> you oh, well, they're gonna a, see it in the transcript. Yeah, <laughs> you might want to get like a like a like a priest in there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Throwing the water yeah. on the cameras. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and and if I did cross any lines, I'm gonna publicly apologize. I was trying to be very vague there. No, um, I was vague. I don't. I didn't know what anything you were talking about. Just besides the voice, that's creepy. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get across. I mean, this this is something that should not have been there. Oh. Right. Holy shit. <laughs> that was a good story. That's cool. Yes. And, and that's that's first person, you know, two you days ago. Yourself, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Oh. I think that's, uh, that is definitely a good way to end the show right there. That's a good story, bro. Thank yes. you. All right. And once again, I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. I'm, my name's Josh. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And as always... Mega bite me, bitches. This has been a Geek Pod Network production. If you're enjoying us, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and follow us everywhere. On Twitter, at GeekPod, G33KPOD. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash geekpod. Want to get in touch with us? Email us at contribute at geekpod.com.